Speaking of his multiple occupations, I was very surprised there was no Dr. Mario reference in this movie. Oh. I'm sure that's coming. There I'm sure that's coming. Like somewhere along the line. Just like a little thing. Like I'm throwing a pill at someone. I would that'd be fine with me. I just was like, that's gotta be a thing. It's gonna it's gonna show up, I'm sure. I, I wouldn't doubt that one bit whatsoever. T H E K double E G. Welcome to another episode of The Key Talks. Today, The Key Talks, the Super Mario Brothers movie. I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira. And for those of you uh, who have watched an episode, normally we live stream, but today it's just a podcast. It's just a podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira. And because it's a podcast, you can't see who our guests are. So let me introduce them. Uh, a couple years ago, I had him on the Keegback, and now the Keegback isn't even a show anymore. We got Adnan Qureshi, a.k.a. the Dashing Adnan. Is that what it is? At the Dashing Adnan on Twitter and Instagram, the handsome voice of professional mm. wrestling. Uh, and I did not know we were here to talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie. I presumed we were here to talk about the 1994 seminal classic Street Fighter starring Jean-Claude Van Damme and Raul Julia. So I'm unfortunately not going to have a whole lot to talk about now. But I guess I'll make do. Uh, that I mean, that's another video game movie. Um, but you're you're a couple decades too late. I'm sorry. I just appreciate the prop comedy of holding up Street Fighter. You just it's have the, it on the, your the desk. Speci- the special Blu-ray <laughs> that just came out recently. But that's that's a totally different discussion. <laughs> it takes a certain type of person to use prop comedy on a podcast. It yeah. does. It does. <laughs> I feel like this guy presumably- if anything. <laughs> We it was it was the idea that we were supposed to be on a video live and now in, in right. postmortem it doesn't work as well. But right. just everybody know everybody knows I held up the Blu-ray copy of Street Fighter 1994, the seminal classic starring Raul Julia and John Claude Van Damme. Yeah, and I mean if I if I release the video here, maybe maybe it all work out. Um, our second guest, need it, but yeah, thank you. <laughs> we got Adnan. We also got. Nikhil Clayton, aka real Nikhil Clayton, because I guess there's a fake one out there. Is there? It's me from when I was in like sixth grade, and I can't get back into the account. So, <laughs> really, stole lives. your own account from yourself. I'm fully serious. <laughs> there's a Nikhil Clayton on Instagram. That's little me, who, and I cannot log back in. I don't. I think, think it's wild, but that's funny. I am old. That's enough. funny. I am old enough that, like, yeah, I didn't have Instagram when I was a kid, but you're young enough that you had Instagram as a kid? Evidently. I do not remember making this, but there's literally no other Nikhil Clayton's, and I'm so confident it's mine. I just can't get into it. When Did the kid version of you, uh, did he like Mario? Oh, yeah. I loved Mario growing up. So I should have invited that kid on the show. You should have, oh. yes. At Nikhil Clayton on Instagram. <laughs> Stuck in whatever year Instagram came out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember the day that Instagram came out. It was a glorious day. And then, right, like, I imagine little Nikhil, like, signing up for a new username, being very happy that it's not taken, and then forgetting his password right away. Basically what happened, because I have, like, I had, like, two other accounts from high school that I got rid of when I started, when I was like trying to be an influencer. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go make a real Instagram now. And then could not get to the one that was just Nikhil Clayton. You're your own worst enemy. Yes. Well, it's the same thing on the YouTube. Ability. There's like four Nikhil Clayton's on YouTube. They're all me. 
<laughs> if I had the ability and the knowledge of claiming social media, I would have claimed at Adnan on all platforms. Unfortunately, at Adnan is usually taken, and I'm so annoyed by that. You're you're saying the foresight, you should have hopped on at Nintendo on everything. Oh, <laughs> and sold it to him. Then yeah. side note. Side note, there was a guy who in the day actually had registered the domain names for Final Fantasies like like 9 through 14 or something like that. And then to basically sell to Square later on when the internet was kind of fresher. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, genius. people used to do that. Yeah. People still um, do that. I had lots of friends when Be Real Domain squatting. Just yeah. like when Be Real was taken off, they took like Tom Hanks, like Kanye West, like anyone they thought would come on to it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, then they're just going to pull pull a Nikhil Clayton and call themselves the real Tom Hanks, the real Kanye West. So, yeah. you know, yeah. No just, then it just depends who pays for verification. Yeah. It's not me. Definitely not me. No, I'm not paying for the blue check mark. Um, Super Mario Brothers, the movie, it came out. Before we even yeah. talk about the movie, I just want to know people's experiences with the Mario Brothers uh, games, the franchise in general. Um, sure. Adnan, you want to, I mean, um, you wanna the, the Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo is the first game I vividly have memories playing. My mm-hmm. father got me the Super Nintendo. We would play that together all the time. And I have been just the most gigantic Mario fan from that day forward. And I played pretty much every single mainline Mario game and the majority of the spinoffs since basically. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, Mario 64, Sunshine, Odyssey, both galaxies, 3D World, Bowser's Fury, which is amazing. There's so many fantastic things. It has done wonders for me as far as I feel like in my development and like my sunny disposition because Mario himself is a very sunny character uh, and, and the world that he's built as well as all the amazing things and the influence that it's had, like Luigi's mansion and all the other side stuff. So, and, and, and uh, so I think Mario has had a huge upbringing to me in my development as a game player and as a fan of media in general, I think. So it's, it's definitely left its impression on me hence uh, all the merchandise I have as well. So like no one can see. That no one can see. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought you meant the framing, but yeah, you're right. We're not live streaming. Um, I will hope. I'll hopefully. I'll release some some clips here. Uh, I am also wearing. It says "Feel the Burn." Oh, that's nice. I like that one. I've never seen that. I just yeah. I have this from Mario Kart. Yeah, his his I'm is a- from Super Nintendo World. Mine is. It uh, is. Mine is a player's one. Which the funniest thing to me is, I remember on the opening day of Super Nintendo World, how many people were wearing the same generic red Mario Kart shirt you get at Target. I'm all used to the one, the only shirt that everyone has apparently. <laughs> which one? The Mario Kart it's, one? It's a red Mario Kart shirt that you that you get at Target, where it's just Mario on the cart. This is Mario Kart '92 or something like that. I have that. I have that one too. Yeah. Right. There were so many of those on opening day of Super Nintendo World. It's like that's the. Oh, I was not one of them because I. Oh, yeah. I do not own that shirt funny enough but that was the most common shirt i saw on day one of super nintendo world was that shirt yeah and you're like ugh, sheep <laughs> see i'm a mon i'm a mario connoisseur you see i get my stuff off of the yeti or something like that you know all these other sites anyway um i i grew up uh my my first mario game was the regular nintendo because i was always one generation behind like i feel like just as a kid growing up my we didn't have money to keep up with what i like my love for something 
couldn't be expressed in money because we don't have enough money, you know? So I was well, always like one generation with. behind. Huh? There's nothing wrong with that. And which no, meant you yeah. got to experience the classics immediately before you kind of went to further, more sophisticated stuff, you know? So, I mean, I literally played them in order. It was, it was, it was Super Mario Brothers. One was my first one, then two, then three. Then I got a SNES when N64 came out so that Super Nintendos were cheaper. <laughs> and then I played Super Mario World, which was amazing. And then I played on my friend's Game Boy. I didn't have a Game Boy. My friend's Game Boy, I played Super Mario Land. You know, I never played the Land games until the last couple years. Those are great, too. Those are really held up. And I played them like like after like COVID hit. Those like I never played the land games and I had them yeah. on my 3DS and I played both of them and they're both fantastic still. Who's the princess in that? Daisy is the princess in Super Mario Land 1 because oh. you're going through Sarasa Land and Daisy is the princess of Sarasa Land. Two, there is no princess. Two, the antagonist is Wario. But there's yeah. it's just more so like he like took your castle or something like that. So um, that's fair. Nikhil, where, where, how'd you, how'd you get into Mario? I'm almost afraid to be like, you were like, oh yeah, I, I got into Mario in Galaxy. Was that when you got into Mario? I, that's, that's, <laughs> Which there's nothing wrong with. Nothing wrong there's with. There's nothing wrong with. A far wrong with cry. Okay. I don't remember which one came first. It was definitely either Galaxy or the one for the DS. Su new Super Mario Bros. Oh, yeah, oh, that yeah. one's good, too. That brought a lot it of It was one in, of yeah. those two got me. And I was very weirdly obsessed with Mario as a kid. I, like, subscribed to Nintendo Power, the magazine. And so, oh, I so had, that like, was still out at that time. Because yeah, Nintendo Power had, ended like, a long time, right? I had, like, the posters of him that they would come into the thing. I read some of the comics. I went back and played a bunch of the other games on, like, a modulator. I yeah. played all the, like, re-releases. Like, they re-released uh, Mario 64 on DS. I played that, too. I played every... I was really strangely obsessed with Mario growing up. Yeah. I, <laughs> and, I but, love uh, Yeah, Mario. Galaxy was my favorite thing. I played Galaxy on the Wii, and I loved it so much. Yeah. I mean, Galaxy is just a great game in general. It's, I'm not saying is. who's a real fan and who's not a real fan. I'm pointing out the age. Like, I think it's yeah. interesting seeing well, no, what, it was very, like, it's when very funny start. hearing y'all with the SNES and the, and the GameCube. Because I, my first one was a Game Boy. And then I had that when I was really little. Then I got DS when I was like eight. Yeah. Maybe. Oh God! You yeah. were eight when you got a DS. I, now I feel sure old as shit. Are you sure the DS came now. out when I was five? So it might be oh, I am old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say that Nintendo Power might have lasted longer than you thought, Dimitri, because it actually really? ended. It actually ended around 2012 or 2013 because mm. I think the last issue had Ooh. to do with like the Wii U coming out. Actually, no, basically. that's right because I never, I don't think I ever canceled. I think that it just, it it's, it's, it, it ended around 20, whenever the Wii U launched was around the time that Nintendo Power officially closed, uh, shuttered because the I mean, last issue was about the Wii U or like the first reviews for the Wii U stuff. That's about the, the same time. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Wizard Magazine. Nikhil, do you know Wizard Magazine? I've heard of Wizard Magazine. I've I think I've it. also just heard of it also. Yeah, it was like the comic book magazine. Like, and I mm. used to buy every issue every month. You know? Um, I used to, did did Anon freeze? Am I good? I don't know. Anyway, um, I used to you buy froze. Wizard Magazine. Who you, froze? you froze. You froze. I froze. All right, that's fair. You that's froze. Fair. Uh, you okay. froze. <laughs> I froze. 
great uh, podcast conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hard cut here. Continues. Yeah. Uh, I froze. I froze. Now, now I'm on that. Uh, I got Wizard Magazine like every single month. It was the comic book magazine. And it ended, it ended probably around the same time. I feel like a lot of magazines ended around that time. It's not a very easy to sustain medium. Especially as the internet has become far more prevalent in the 2020s now. You know, paper print is not as 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 used like just like you know not exactly along the same lines as magazines but when we're talking about video games the death of the instruction manual you know how we if you were buying a physical copy of a game it doesn't have an instruction manual anymore and first yeah. it started where they got thinner and thinner and then it became just kind of a slip of barely anything and now we don't if you buy any physical copy of a game today there is no instruction manual now it's just the box in the game i mean same goes with like cds put the game in you remember CDs, uh, like music CDs, sometimes had the lyrics of songs in them? Yeah, yes, when like you'd that. open up the little thing, yeah, and you would have, have all this stuff, like maybe some behind-the-scenes photos of the band on tour and some lyrics yeah. or something. Or like, I got a CD yeah. once that came with guitar picks, which was cool, and I never played guitar. Oh. Uh, yeah. I remember my mom had the Shania Twain CD, and I spent too much time looking at the little booklet inside, and then she just took the booklet and like put it away because I was looking at sexy Shania, Shania Twain for too long <laughs> or the serious catalog to the to the also the younger viewers of back in the day yeah uh for yeah for me it was when I was a kid it was the Tilly's catalog but yeah there you go um, I grew up it, with the internet <laughs> see that I grew up with the internet too but it wasn't at I was it was very heavily policed for me we we, uh, we, we grew up with the internet Nikhil it's just it sounded like or the images, the images that load like this, and it's like, oh, okay. So if you Super gave it three minutes, you could see one titty. So. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, yes, uh, Super Mario Brothers. Uh, I mean, there's a general consensus even before the Mario Brothers movie came out. It's like, super, uh, like video game movies aren't considered good, right? Like generally speaking, yeah. there are good ones. Right? Generally speaking, correct. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think if not for The Last of Us having come out literally like just now, this would be the yeah. best adaptation. I would okay. feel very happy saying that. I've never seen The Last of Us. I'm just watching people on social media talk about The Last of Us. And I now know what it's like to be that person who read the book first because of these people who apparently never experienced The Last of Us. Like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah, you, it's like, you know, just give it some time. It'll get worse. Trust me. It's it's good. You're gonna get shocked even for it. That's like my friend telling me about My Hero Academia. It's like I read the manga. I'm like, damn it, I'm watching the anime. Shut up. I don't need to know this. <laughs> yeah. See, the um, fun thing is, I read all like a bunch of comics. Those have nothing to do with the film, so I never get to no. experience this. <laughs> there, there are small things, but really nothing you can count on. Nothing you'd be yeah, willing right. to put there's, money on. There's nothing where you could sit down and be like, yeah, so this is gonna happen because that's just no guarantee. No matter no. what. Like, yeah, uh, like Secret Invasion is coming out soon and it's not going to be the same. I mean, we're, you know, it's we're talking. It's funny because, you know, video game adaptations are generally considered crap. I have rewatched four four video game adaptations recently, one Prince of, of which 
I that I saw in the theater and I actually didn't mind. Back I also in the saw it in the to, theater and I also liked it, but <laughs> yeah, I'd have to rewatch it to see if it's still the same. But I I, I have uh, rewatched uh, aforementioned uh, Street Fighter '94 seminal classic actually, uh, as well as um, Mortal Kombat '95 and Mortal Kombat Annihilation recently. And here's what I've come to the conclusion is Street Fighter is actually a pretty decent film, actually, from beginning. It's really fun. I don't think it's a bad movie. I don't think it's a great movie, but it's actually like a pretty coherent, like beginning, middle and end makes a lot of sense. It's a really fun watch. Mortal Kombat 95, I think, was the best video game adaptation uh, for a while because it's really good. And then they made Mortal Kombat Annihilation. And that thing is dog shit. And it's not even, and it's fun to laugh at, but it's not any much funner to like really watch and process. And the fourth one I just rewatched, which relates to today's topic, which I have with me as well, uh, 1992's Street Fighter or 1993, not Street Fighter, Super Mario <laughs> Brothers starring Bob Hoskins and okay. John Leguizamo. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that back to the topic at hand. But uh, I watched four and I saved that one for last. So there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, Nikhil, I rewatched I it know... before I saw the new movie just to make sure, too. Yeah. So. Nikhil, I don't know. Wait, do you, have you seen that movie? The 90s movie? No, I've never watched it. Ooh. Wait, for real? I, no, I like I said, I grew up very obsessed with Mario. I knew all about this movie. I knew all of the things that it was apparently bad for, and I chose to never see it. That's But this probably also came out before you were born, if I was That to is guess. true. Right. So. But here's... Uh, it's funny that movie, because this is only the second Mario movie ever made, right? Like, like yes. technically it's the that's the first, and this is the second. And it kind of has technically. Know, technically, this is the third. There is an original Japanese Mario movie that came out in 1986 called Super Mario Brothers and the Great Mission to Rescue Princess Peach. And I still have not watched that, but I am aware of okay. it. Okay. All right. That's what matters. <laughs> this is what matters. Uh, I'm, it's I'm, funny that, I'm because... fucking comic book guy from the Simpsons right now. Um, actually, you see, well, you that's see. why you're, that's why you're on the show. Like nobody, nobody knows more than you do about this. Thank you. Thank you know, um, the thing is that like, it seems like a fever dream, the nineties super Mario movie. I, I had told it to my, uh, well, my ex now, but my girlfriend back, like back in the day, like I was like, did you ever see that movie? And she's like, there wasn't a movie like that. And I'm like, yeah, there was. And then she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, Bob Hoskin plays Mario. She's like, no way. And I'm like, yeah, John Leguizamo <laughs> plays Luigi. And she's like, you're fucking with me. You're fucking with me. Who would make up something like that? Like it's, it's, it's off. You, you must be off your rocker. And so, yeah, that has its own thing. This movie being animated, it's not live action. Um, you know, it has the cast that it has. We'll talk about them in a little bit. After all that, after seeing it, out of 10, what would you give it and why? Like a real quick one. Uh, I think uh, the movie is not amazing, but I think it's good. Uh, uh, I think it's absolutely worth seeing in the theater. It's a fun 90 minutes that you will have a good time with. And I would give it, I would give it no higher than an 8 and no lower than a 7.5. Okay. Um, I I think the movie is amazing. I was beyond excited, had very high expectations. It exceeded them. It manages to cram in basically every aspect of Mario that could exist, and it seems like a love letter to the franchise, which is all I really wanted. I'd give it like a nine. So normally I give 
I, I'm normally very, uh, uh, I, I grade movies pretty highly. I, if, if I was going to say between rotten and fresh, I would say fresh. Like if I was a rotten tomato critic, I'd say fresh. That's easy enough. But for me, I would give it a six. It doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. It just, I wanted more from it. And I'll explain more later. I did just kind of want more from it. I, I think it. we have a very nice range of scores here to have a very interesting discussion about all this. And I'm very intrigued yeah. by this. I mean, it's fresh. It definitely is fresh. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not telling, actively telling people not to see it, but, and I think that a lot of people will like it in theaters and I liked it in theaters. It's fresh, but I want to hear you guys. It's, it's uh, what it's funny because like, you know, you're, you're technically the lowest score out of the three of us, but I've never looked on like Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes and looked at review scores from like critics and stuff. But mm. I was very curious as to, after I saw the movie, like the low scores that like it was getting from critics and my brain went like, I can understand like how Nikhil thinks it's amazing. I'm not saying that I agree with him a hundred percent, but I understand his point of view yeah. and I understand your point of view. I do not understand the point of view from the critics who are giving this like a two. And I'm yeah, all like, have you never watched a bad movie? Cause this is far from a bad movie. They right. need to go back and watch I, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. That is a bad I also, movie. I, Let me I, tell I you. purely think just the visuals should get it a higher score than like a two. I'm very, the visuals were very great. So like it's a beautiful film. It's a very lovely film for sure. There was a lot of work put into this. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. I uh like. What did you guys want? Uh, I'm gonna ask Nikhil. Nikhil, yeah, you sorry. gave it a very high score. What did you did. want from the movie going in? Honestly, I just wanted an adaptation that felt like the world of Mario, and that you were living in that world. I think there's a lot of random like because it's a bunch of different video games there's a lot of random aspects to that world it's hard mm -hmm. to sort of i guess because i'm a comic person i was approaching it much more like comic book movies it's like i don't expect a certain storyline just the vibe and the method of these like characters around and you can rework them into your universe as you need for it to work and so yeah. i got pretty much every aspect of the games that i liked represented and i got to see i like how it all works and got to feel like I was visiting the Mushroom Kingdom for the first time, which I really appreciated. I also, I like the plot of Mario, like the games. I It's a simple thing. Mario goes to, kid, like someone gets kidnapped, Mario saves them. I like that. I think it's fine. A lot of people on the internet complained that this movie's plot is thin. The only thing that happened is they changed Peach for Luigi. I think that if you were expecting a different plot in a Mario movie, you're a little silly. That's what Mario does. Um, that said, I also, I did appreciate one thing plot wise, which is that they leaned into the absurdity of the fact that Bowser's plan is to both destroy the Mushroom Kingdom and marry Peach, because it's a funny thing in the games that's never really addressed. He's just like, he's evil so you can beat him, but he also loves this person for some reason. And I like that we, that they firmly addressed that that was strange. It's addressed a little bit in Super Mario Sunshine. 
It is. Because Super Mario Sunshine is the most pathos driven of the Mario games for right. some reason. Because, because <laughs> Super Mario Sunshine, his ideal for taking Princess Peach is because he tells baby Bowser or Bowser Jr. that it's his mother. Because in reality, Bowser is a good father and he just wants his well, son to have a family. Yeah, that's the funny thing about this movie. That, that's one thing I guess I, I didn't get, but I understand because there's it's the first one, so they can't have any characters that build off of other characters. But it's weird that Bowser Jr. is not around. Because like I mean, it is yeah. such a motivating factor for Bowser, but I don't think they were trying to give Bowser that much interiority. If I'm being honest, I think but at just, the same time, there's like, a lot that you can do with this going forward. I feel yeah. like because I, I feel like this might be like a little bit of what Dimitri was saying about left wanting more. Because I had that aspect too. Is because there's you can tell there's a lot that's being held for sequels. Basically, yeah. because the Mario universe is 40 years old at this point, you know, and so there's yeah. a lot to dive into and a lot of history that you can go into a lot of characters that exist either from main Mario games or from side Mario games, you know, so like, you know, Bowser Jr. or any of the Koopa kids in general not being in this, which full spoiler warning, everybody, if we haven't, I forgot if we said this or not, but like, we're going to fucking spoil the shit out of this uh, anyway. So, um, but, you know, it, it's something that, you know, if you wanted that you're not going to get that but because we will probably get more of it down the line you know absolutely right but also um, i feel there was more stuff than i even expected like i th- i fully thought they would hold more back the fact that we got one of the mario galaxy little fuckers in the movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. the really weird nihilistic yeah the nihilistic yeah i the fact that this, the moment i saw that i was like i did not expect that in this first movie at all but i'm glad it's here so like, you didn't see the third trailer then no I, I don't watch more than one trailer if okay so oh. they because he's in because the third trailer absolutely has that luma in it that's why i, <laughs> I didn't like whose idea was it because you could have taken out that luma and everything stays the same you they yeah, just well, he's, a, the- he's a comedic relief guy it's just the scenes right. would have been the same. They would have been more boring because there wasn't a nihilistic star talking. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like... I, I, well, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Dimitri. Well, okay. So like my, me tackling the Mario lore in my head with head cannons and people trying to piece together things is very similar to Disney. Um, I don't mean Disney, like the movies they've made, but like Mickey Mouse, Goofy, those guys, like that mm-hmm. lore they're very similar because both franchises don't give you everything you need. I need to know who Bowser's uh, Bowser Jr.'s mom is, but I also need to know who Max's mom is uh, from Goofy. Oh, like, from Goofy's Goofy? Max's okay. mom is the cow, isn't it? No, it's cow- not Clarabelle, Clarabelle Cow. I've been arguing about this. Somebody else brought that up and I hate it. I think it's the cow. It's not. I've never Clarabelle had this Cow discussion. is a horse caller, okay? I don't know who Horace Forrest Collar is, so I have exactly this conversation. <laughs> so there's all this lore that, like, either people don't know or they just don't say it. So Disney and Mario. And I've, I just feel like I've spent this isn't fair to the franchise for me to do this. So, you know, take this with a grain of salt, I guess. But like growing up, I always had these ideas of how I would do a Mario movie, how do the stories make sense, so on and so forth. And I felt like in this, yeah, it was a whole new different take on mario but keeping the broad strokes there but like mario being raised by yoshi wasn't there which i don't care so much about but like there's like little things i was not going in i was not going in for the only lore i wanted represented was that mario and luigi were new yorkers i did not want it to be Mm. entirely the mushroom kingdom i wanted the like 
transported component but like which is good i thought about the I, first of all i'm happy we got the baby versions like the designs in the movie that was cute yeah we got one that little flashback movie. yeah that was um nice. but i it did occur to me watching it i was like it's they weren't raised by yoshi um but i was like you know what that would have I'm been cool a hard it. thing to explain that's a yeah. really interesting aspect of the movie though is that it opens with the the Mario family, which is something that's never been seen outside of this movie, basically, yeah. like literally a family, an Italian immigrant family, basically. Yeah. Um, and, Did they explain and... the names in this movie? Because no, I think I went the whole movies? damn time. I waited no, the whole and, damn no, time. No, in this movie, there is just Mario and Luigi, and Luigi was an orphan who Mario had basically taken in and kind of raised. That's, in that's in the nineties movie. Yes, yes, that's what. Yeah, Bob. In this Hoskins movie, they're like, brothers. It's I just, I just sense. rewatched it on you know like four oh. days ago, like two but, days before I saw the new one. And no, but, Bob Hoskins adopts <laughs> Luigi, and he's like, he's my, he's been like my father, my uncle, my brother, and stuff. That's how like, oh, yes. like oh. I've that. Seen that too. yeah, 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 yeah. So no, he's, but they Dimitri, are not blood related brothers. That's how they look the way they do, basically. Dimitri, if you're yeah. asking if they address the fact that their last name is also Mario, and yes. no point in this film do they say that at all? Right. It's Mario, Mario, and Luigi, Mario. Just How many Mario's is there between the two of you? Brothers. Yeah. Three. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad I, I just rewatched that movie because now all that is fresh in my head. And by I, the way, I, that movie is also not as bad as people say it is. It's just uh, it's just weird, but it's not as bad. It's a fine movie. That's it's so pushing my redefine, like being okay with excusing the lore a little bit too far. <laughs> that film. I I think it's funny that like the Goombas in 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 the '90s movies are the opposite. Are giant. Instead of the Goombas in the 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 video games and stuff are giant heads, small bodies essentially because they're mushrooms, right? But in the '90s movie, they're giant bodies, small heads. They are. It is I true. I read somewhere. I have no idea if this is true, but I did read somewhere once that like. Whoever made the 90s movie was currently had like this noir dystopic script that they were like shopping around. And when they got hired for Mario, they just slightly reworked it. Yeah. So there's a lot of setup, right? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that you can find out about this because I've actually like learned a lot about that film. Uh, There's a couple of great videos, one from the gaming historian on that movie, one by Matt McMuscles of what happened on that movie, as well as a video put out by a channel called Cutscene by Luke Owen of WrestleTalk, who just put out a great video analyzing an original draft of that script, too. There's so many fascinating things about that 90s Mario movie that kind of got to where we were, unlike how when all the actors had signed down, for example, the script that they read was completely different than what the script that they actually ended up being on film for example um also side note about the goombas (laughs) i actually used to work at an exhibit where we had one of the original goombas from that movie and i was like stoked as fuck i was like yo we got one of these it was so cool i will say the titanic is also very interesting it's still a tragedy but you gotta learn from it (laughs) oh i can but um, you're saying this is someone who never watched it, though. You can't. You still haven't actually I've watched. I've seen the thing. Uh, probably all of it through clips at this point. But I've no, you haven't. You watch. have to sit down and watch the whole thing from beginning to end. This is my hot take. But that's yeah. that's the only thing the I like point. about that movie is the uh, post credit scene or the ending or whatever it is that teases the next one where they like come in with the guns. The Daisy's there. 
That's my oh, I believe or whatever. Yeah, that's the post credit scene is technically just them being pitched a video game and it goes to Iggy and Spike and they make the Supa Koopa cousins. <laughs> I love Iggy, the 90 movie. OK, it's funny that <laughs> they were the they were the like two of the characters like those characters were in the movie. Iggy and Spike Iggy and Spike. Yeah, it's Iggy and Spike. They just randomly took two dudes and had them be Iggy and Spike. It's like, OK, that's all you got to right. do. That's a comic book approach. It is. Um, um, out of the voice actors, how do you guys feel about the voice actors in this movie? I am still of the mind that Charles Martinet should never have been recast at, from Mario, uh-huh. uh, which was a thing that I did want to I, I was going to touch about with Mario's family. Despite the fact that Charles Martinet is not Mario, I like that he has Giuseppe, who is basically the Jumpman character who talks just like Mario at the beginning of the movie, because yeah. I knew his voice was going to make an appearance like that. And I also recognize Charles Martinet's voice as Mario and Luigi's father, which I thought if he's not going to be Mario... I think him being the parent actually made a lot of sense and he does a great job. Um, yeah. Uh, I will say, mm-hmm. I don't understand, like, this was never real lore, I don't think, but, like, the common fan perception for a long time has been that Jumpman is Mario's dad. So I feel like it was a really easy situation to just do that, like, merge those two characters. It's, when I first it's saw really Giuseppe, unclear. Yeah, when I first saw Giuseppe, I thought that's what they were doing because he was, like, in the restaurant with them. And, I, and, and he, he looks like Jumpman. He looks like Jumpman. So I thought that was going to be the joke, was that Jumpman was his dad, but they just did not do that. Well, uh, the, the original theory for Donkey Kong is that the original Donkey Kong is Cranky Kong, right? And that Donkey so Kong yes. Jr. becomes the Donkey Kong we know. No, yeah. Donkey Kong. No, Don, the Donkey Kong we know is Donkey is Cranky Kong's grandson. Oh, Donkey so Kong Junior. Donkey Kong Junior has disappeared off the face of the earth, and we have no idea why. <laughs> so Donkey Kong Junior is actually the father of the modern day Donkey Kong that we're mostly familiar with. Yes. Um, yeah, Cranky Kong's the one that was chucking barrels at Mario's yeah, head. Correct. Yes, that is correct. Uh, so uh, as far as the voice casting uh, uh, like was concerned, the only one I was really excited for, or I thought fit when it was announced, purely when it was announced, was Charlie Day. I thought Charlie Day fit the nervous energy of a character like Luigi. That was the oh, only yeah. one I was like, that was the only one who I thought like, oh, this is great. Uh, or really? fine. The rather. only one? Correct. I did not think, listen, this is a love for Charles Martinet and his work. And the fact no, that, I, like, I, I totally understand you. Yeah, he's the only one I thought fit as far as the cast, the original casting choices. Uh, I didn't think anyone else purely from just looking at casting fit. But then so hearing it, basically, uh, I thought Chris Pratt, who I thought was going to be awful. Actually, he was fine. He's just fine. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's bad. I think he's just fine. I think Charlie Day is is very good, but not given enough to do. Uh, I think I like Keegan Michael Key as Toad. That's that's my personal favorite. Everybody tried something Jack new. Black. Yeah, everybody loves Jack Black. Uh, yeah. My girlfriend was not a fan of Onion Taylor Joy's Peach, and, Jack, and like yeah. she was okay, but she wasn't anything to write home about. The thing I hated the most was was Seth Rogen's Donkey Kong, and I apparently am in the minority about that. I was not. No, a fan you're of Seth not the minority. That's the oh most, really? That's a very common take. I would say. Yeah, because he he was just Seth Rogen's voice. And Correct. Seth Rogen even said, like, he wasn't going to do a voice. And I, he's at least the only one who owned up to it. It's like, he's like, at I, the very least, he's the only one who owned up to it. When the cast was announced, I was very excited. I thought Keegan Michael Key was a great layup for Toad. I thought Ani Taylor Joy was going to be a great Peach. And, well, like, I think Ani Taylor Joy and Jack Black are two people that could have played Peach and uh, Bowser in live action if they had gone that route anyway. 
So I was fine seeing them for the voices. I personally, the only voice actor I didn't really like, weirdly, is Keegan-Michael Key. I understand now that they pitched, they did not pitch up his voice. So I like it more that he was doing that naturally. But I just, there wasn't enough, like, I would have preferred we had lots of toads versus the one toad that like we know because he just did not need to be in the film. And I think that affected my reading of the performance. And then I love Charlie Day in general. His voice took me out a bit because I just know him very well. But I yeah. do think he was doing a lot. I was very pleasantly surprised with Pratt. I liked Anya Taylor-Joy. Jack Black's amazing. Um, Seth Rogen, I don't know. The Donkey Kong characterization in general was very different than I would have expected. I agree. I so agree I that the it, Donkey Kong character is I let was it, very weird. I let it slide because I think Seth Rogen fit this Donkey Kong that we were doing. It's just yeah. not what the Donkey Kong I would have expected, nor the voice I would have expected for that image. I didn't like Princess Peach's face design. Is that was my that girlfriend would you? My my girlfriend would agree with you. I Her wasn't as was much weird. to me. To me, I thought I didn't notice as much. But my girlfriend came out of that going, "I didn't like the way Peach sounded, but I didn't really like the way she looked." And her there was something off, right? Is it just me? I think so. She, it's not just you. I can tell like you that a bubble head, like all of them do. But I don't think I didn't notice well, anything egregious. I mean, if I look behind you, Nikhil, I can see four peach, five peaches, and they all look. I guess it depends. They have this yeah. weird kind of like almost like they almost look like who's a little bit from like the Grinch as far as the design on like um, the nose and stuff. I feel like her design only works on a, like a three quarter view. But when it's like a like face on, it looks a little off. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't notice any issues with it, to be honest. OK. But you um, are not the only one, Dimitri, who would have issues with her design. So I yeah. know that much. So, Your thoughts are valid, Dimitri. I always wanted, my original want for a Mario movie, um, I wanted them to go motion capture CGI like they did for Tintin and have kind of the actor's faces be shown through the animation a little bit. Um, like that was my original like like thought, like years ago. And then this is still, you know, this is good and whatnot. But I always saw, like, um, I kind of wanted, like, an Idris Elba voice for Bowser. But now Idris Elba plays Knuckles. So it's not like... It's yeah, I'm all like, like, he's already a rival. He's already a rival voice actor now. We can't, right. we can't cast Idris Elba. <laughs> right. So Jack Black was great. But I actually always wanted Jack Black motion capture CGI to be Wario. Jack thought, Black would be oh yeah, that, the that, best cool. casting for Wario, if we're going forward, and is the, it's time now before he sadly departs this world. Is Danny DeVito? Like you get him if we're doing it animated, get him. Yeah. he'd be amazing. Danny DeVito was originally considered for Mario in the '90s Mario movie. Of course he was. Look at him. <laughs> I also, I also would like to point out that I am also 100% behind the idea that Danny DeVito should have been Pikachu in Detective Pikachu, and I'm very sad that he wasn't because we all fucking wanted I it. I agree with that as well. No, thank Danny you, DeVito. I appreciate he that. He needs to be Wario, in my opinion. That. If we don't have it, then what's the point of living? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I also... Wario and someone like Ben Schwartz as Waluigi. So my mom's favorite character is Bowser. We can't get Bowser. Ben He's Sonic already. <laughs> yeah. My mom's favorite character is Bowser. My mom got what she wanted out of this movie. Um, my sister's favorite character is Waluigi. And I'm like, Waluigi's not going to show up. Yeah. 
I was hoping for a post credit scene. I will say, I did not expect them to try and tease Yoshi. I thought yeah. they would have Yoshi and try and tease Wario and Waluigi. But that was one of the things that I was left wanting more was more Yoshi because all we get is that one moment of one. Yoshi. The pink one wants the apple. And now my girlfriend hopes the sequel is just that Yoshi trying to get an apple. That's it. So they gotta do like the Ice Age thing with it. Just to start every movie. Yeah, I thought that same idea. Do that with the with, with Yoshi. Like a scrap. Yeah. 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 Um, I would I mean, I would love to see the different Yoshis manifest different powers, like in Super Mario World. Yeah. There's so many power-ups to use. They really only scratch the surface with a lot of the stuff that can be done with power-ups. One of the most interesting things to me is that Mario never actually gets the Fire Flower in this movie, which I don't know if you guys noticed. No, he doesn't. Donkey oh, no. Kong does. Was like- Peach does. Donkey Kong does and Peach does, but Mario never gets the Fire Flower or the Ice Flower, for that matter of fact. Think- he only gets like three powers in this movie. Four if you count that they use the the, the cape as just the, the, the commercial element, but don't really oh, do yeah. anything with it. I think that it was just like, at the end of the day, it's a movie. So he couldn't have through all everything that he usually would get in a game. Correct. So it's like it would get boring if he had like 50 powers throughout the course of it. So I think they did a good job picking which we were getting in this. And I like the other characters got like I don't think I've ever seen Donkey Kong get a fire flower before. No, like no, that's what I was, I was that's new. Say. That's new. I loved that. That's something that is great in this type of movie, is seeing something you've never seen before. Because Donkey right. Kong, his games don't have the firepower. Like, it is just what it right. is, right? Yeah. Right. Did Donkey Kong ever eat a mushroom in this? No. The mushrooms is another thing I was like, how are they going to do? Because yeah. in the game, you just kind of accept that the mushrooms are just decapitated toad heads. They even have eyeballs. But in this <laughs> movie, I was like, there's no way you could do it. Like, the actual story of him coming and learning what this world is like. And she gives him a small mushroom head with eyeballs and he doesn't respond and they said there is a way and that's by doing that exactly so she just gives him a decapitated toad head and he eats it and then it's fine wait and does it like, have did it have eyes in it i don't remember i don't remember the being eyes i don't in think it had eyes, eyes. i know not yeah but i think in the movie it's just a red mushroom that's all yeah. it is but like but he hates like, mushrooms which is yeah, kind of well, funny it, it's a kid's <laughs> Yeah, he hates mushrooms. That, you he know. hates mushrooms. It's cute. Yeah. Um, I loved the tiny mushroom. Yes. I, that's another like random poll I would not have expected. But fun. because the tiny mushroom is not even a classic one. Because like no, it's, 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 it, it was first in uh, New Super Mario Brothers for the DS was the original yep. introduction of the tiny mushroom. Where I came in. They did that for me. <laughs> that was for you. It's how it unlocks a couple of like worlds you can't get to because there are special exits that you need to be very small to get to. Yeah, it's great. It also makes you jump super also, high, but you're very weak. When you're in like the PvP mode with other people, you can just like hide under things, and then the shells can't get you. PvP in New Super Mario Brothers was actually really fun. That it was, was a great. So mode. I never played that one. It's is very good. It's it's what started us having this this un, this this breed of just new Super Mario Brothers games to just keep coming out and coming out and coming out. And you're like, oh god, they're everywhere now. Um, did you guys like the fact that they used Mario Kart in this? Yeah, was I it so. inevitable? I I, 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 liked I think so. that it was like this. I think I might be the minority on that. I did not want a whole to do about mario kart i did not want it to actually be a race or anything i wanted 
a reference to Mario Kart and making the Donkey Kong people just weirdly obsessed with carts fine with me I yeah explain why they have so many and then they take the rain I like the rainbow roads a road I think that's hilarious they needed to get somewhere so they just drove on rainbow road that's amazing I figured Mario Kart would be a, a bit of a focal point in that aspect because it is easily the most popular of Mario spinoffs uh, you yeah. know, as opposed to like doing Mario tennis or something like that, you know, just right. randomly, which I kind of expect the next movie to literally open with everyone playing tennis or some sort of sport that Mario plays. I feel yeah. like that's a thing that can also touch on is that Absolutely. Mario has literally done all this stuff. It'll be, it'll be like Mario. Oh, yeah, typing. <laughs> typing. Yes. hundred um, percent. I think like, it's also interesting to think, yeah, it's because Mario Kart was such a big thing. This, this movie is almost like Easter egg, the movie, which was appropriate because it came out on Easter or on Easter weekend. I don't think mm. a lot of people who are seeing this movie realize what a big pull having Foreman Spike in the in this movie is as well. Who's Foreman? Foreman Spike. That's like you remember, like when they're in the pizza parlor at the beginning, and like Spike is their old employer. Is that mean dude? Oh, the Wrecking Crew guy or whatever. Correct, yeah. because that is Mario's original rival is Spike from Wrecking Crew. Foreman Spike. In so I'm game? all Wrecking Crew for the NES. Okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's so I'm all like, I don't know how many people like who who really like you know there, a lot of newer people aren't going to realize that Spike is actually quite the big pull in actuality. He doesn't yeah. exist very much in Mario lore anymore, but he's actually a very important piece of Mario's history. That's it's that's funny because I do that remember I that cover. Movie. Yeah, the cover of Wrecking Crew. I remember that cover being like, that's Mario on there, right? Is that Mario on the cover? Yeah, where they're beating the hell out of a building. Mm-hmm. Mario's had quite a yeah. Mario Mario has quite a number of occupations, oh. and yes, he was on the Wrecking Crew. I mean, technically, Jumpman Speaking was a carpenter, not even a plumber. So. I was very surprised there was no Doctor Mario reference in this movie. Oh, I'm sure that's coming. There I'm sure that's coming somewhere along the line. Just like a little thing, like throwing a pill at someone. I would that'd be fine with me. I just was like. That's gotta be a thing. It's gonna it's gonna show up, I'm sure. I, I wouldn't doubt that one bit whatsoever. Um, but there's a lot here. There's so much to unpack as far as like everything that you see visually and that's referenced and whatnot. It's a movie that if you're a Nintendo and a Mario fan, especially lends itself to multiple views, you know. You've got like the we like you know, punch out pizza, you know, you got mm-hmm. the wrecking crew thing. Um there's like so many other like nods and bits like you don't see Toadette's not in the movie but there's a picture of Toadette like in like when they first get to the Mushroom Kingdom for example stuff like that one of my favorites is they played the DK rap as if it was people chanting in the stadium when Donkey Kong came out which I was like that's a really creative use it's these like little like deeper pulls and more creative use of them is what makes me like a lot of the critiques I've seen online are people saying it's cash grabby easter eggs marvel kind of stuff and i'm like it seems much more to me like a love letter to all of this because i don't think that's a bad thing to start to kind of reintroduce mario as a movie franchise in general you know what i mean like it's not a bad thing to have it start like this because you need to get as many people into this as possible absolutely so so it's it's one of those things that like yeah you can kind of feel like that but this isn't like the 10th mario movie we're getting this is the third one and the first one to a lot of people of this generation and a lot and the first one that a lot of people would consider to be good you know so right um i don't know if you guys noticed in mario's room there are other nintendo stuff in there there was um star fox's shit on top of his tv but how are they going to explain it if 
eventually um because they create they, a franchise. they've always been uh if you're building to like smash the idea it's yeah. they've always been separate like it's not a multiverse kind of situation like uh marvel or anything they never have to explain mario can get to hyrule it's always people just it's like Fortnite style people show yeah. up in this new place and then they have to fight each other canonically so like the only fine. thing the canonically the only thing that really links is mario and donkey kong as far as these particular right. characters yeah like it, where everything else can just be kind of like done up in a, a very comic booky type put stuff together Plus, way i feel if they ever actually get to making a smash movie with how successful this is if like if they make a zelda movie that's as successful as this i think we'll get a smash movie along the line but if they ever do it, i hope they keep the idea that they're literally toys because you can have the hand bad guy and the hand is like the best part of it. Oh, are we? Is, is it is it considered canon or a head canon that they're that the hand I'm, is the person? Playing I'm pretty with sure it? it's canon because like you even get like the toys and stuff is like reward. Like I'm pretty sure right. it's the meaning of the game is that like, someone play with their toys. It's 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 kind of in it's like yes and no depending on how you look at it and kind of depending on like smash to smash honestly to a degree like because smash doesn't necessarily have this hard story because fighting game stories in any fighting game is usually kind of convoluted in an aspect that's why I don't understand we we try to do so many fighting game movies fighting games are the hardest story to tell in a film I feel well it's kind of like what Fast and the Furious also has to deal with weirdly enough you can't base the whole franchise around the race just a race a race every single time a race is like a fight but on wheels one could say that's not a bad analogy honestly you know and so like you can't like you can't have a mark can you imagine like 10 mario kart movies just no yeah the only sort of mario kart movie i'd be interested in is if they went like real weird with it if it was like a death race situation Oh, no. I'd be like, then I'd be interested because that's like a movie you can make a whole thing about a race. But also, like, I was surprised. I knew this going in, but I was surprised when the uh, announcements of this movie were coming out because when it, in the first like cast and everything was announced, I was so certain that it was going to be sort of Lego movie style and like it was not going to be an actual story about Mario. It was just going to be like, not maybe not even Lego movie. You guys ever watched like the old Garfield movie where like everybody. Which just works together. You talking about like the Bill Murray the one? Bill Murray like one? No, one. it was like animated. It's fine. We don't need to get off on that. But okay. point, I thought it was going to be the idea of like these are all just people who work together, like Mario and Bowser and everything. They work together. They put on the game and then oh, they go uh, home and like they like play tennis Mickey Mouse or go that, racing right? or stuff like that. What doesn't Mickey Mouse kind of do that? Like all yeah. the Mickey Mouse characters are actors in their yeah. It's movies? like a House of Mouse kind of situation yeah you're not like, like that's not a bad idea because technically canonically mario 3 is a play super exactly. mario brothers 3 is a play exactly. and that's confirmed by Shigeru Miyamoto. I, I thought they were gonna do that and that way they could work in the spinoff games because they'd be like yeah mario acts out this like thing where he has to fight bowser and then they go play tennis together after you know i thought that was going to be the vibe and it was just going to be about them like living and like like some, meta like, commentary and stuff come with yeah, I thought that was much more what we were going to get, especially when they announced Seth Rogen for Donkey Kong. I was like, they're going to make Donkey Kong like this stoner person or whatever that like, lives in a hut. And I was very ha- pleasantly surprised that it was a true fantasy adventure. Has has meta-commentary in movies run its course? Because I'm surprised they didn't go that route because every movie for at least five years was doing meta-commentary as a way to bridge the gap between mediums and adaptations 
Chippendale Rescue Rangers did that, right? I'm if I'm being honest, I think it comes more from a higher respect for animation that we have now. We're in a bit of an animation renaissance currently. And I think that's leading to people being like, we don't need to cushion that this is an animated movie by constantly comp- like putting it in real life. Like in the early 2000, or like the late 2000s, we had all those films that was X animated character goes to New York City for some reason. And now we just get to see them actually live. In fact, Smurfs did that. And now Smurfs is getting a new movie that's an actual fantasy adventure in Smurf land. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if it's completely run its course as much as like maybe just the fact that like we're getting fatigued, kind of like how I'm personally in a Marvel superhero fatigue just in general after Endgame, where I give way less of a shit that anything that comes out, even if it's something I'm interested in, I still give way less of a shit because the only thing that I really like want to see like coming out that superhero related is Spider-Verse, you know, the sequel. And then but I'm annoyed that it's a part one. And that always annoys me when I see the words part one after I'm, a thing. I'm annoyed that it's Spider-Verse 2 part one. Like, just make it. <laughs> well, I don't think it's part one anymore. They have different names now, right? Right. But at the same time, it was still announced as that. So I know. Kind of like how Endgame wasn't. It was supposed to be a part two. Infinity but if I already part one and two, right? Correct. But when you automatically have already given the connotation of a part one, knowing there's a part two, you know the ending of the movie is is already the villain wins because the ending of it is really part two. So I'm right. already anticipating the villain is going to win in the next Spider-Man, in this next Spider-Verse movie. Right, because you, you guys Spider-verse, know Star- but- Oh, sorry, what? I, was, I don't know if we can get too into Spider-Verse, but I think that's why the Spider-Verse marketing is much better because the question is who's the villain? Like, is it 2099 or the spot? And I like that a lot right. more because someone's going to win. It's not going to be the Miles. Spot. Shout out to the spot and the eight people who remember the spot and maybe learn more about him if he shows up in this. Yeah. Um, I Wait, I forget what I was going to say. Uh, you were talking about meta commentary. Oh, and, oh yeah, I was going to say, movies. well, I was going to say Star Wars, Star Wars 2, Empire Strikes Back, part one. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. But, and then there's Star Wars. Here's the thing: Star when... Wars Two, Empire Strikes Back Part Two, Return of Jedi. Oh God, you can't double subtitle. That's horrendous. <laughs> oh, but... you can. <laughs> Listen, there is Super this Mario thing... Advance Four, Super Mario Brothers Three. That's a double subtitle and a double number. Two different numbers too. <laughs> I know, but that's what it's called. That's literally uh, what it's called. No, I just, I don't know. I think if you start the franchise, you can have a part one system. Like, okay, the reason we have part ones is because when Francis Ford Coppola made Godfather, he was like, I want people to understand that this is not a movie that you can just go see in any order you want. Because apparently people did that in the 70s. I don't know why you ever would do that. But um, Oh, the 70s. So he was like, it's going to be called part one. So that the next one's part two. And people know they have to watch it in order. And then keep that mentality like that's all part one should be still if you have a series you need to have into the spider-verse part one into the spider-verse part two into the spider-verse part three you can't pick it up in the middle you can't just but, decide it's right, into we've the done that a lot across so. the spider-verse part one that's ridiculous yeah. But this is, but I mean, that happened with the Harry Potters also. Where and we had they a were wrong stuff. for it. Well, and all I'm saying of, is that yeah. this is not, this is not new. We unfortunately have 
precedent for this and it's going to keep happening and the problem is they're all going to keep making money whether it's good or not which is kind of the problem however speaking I, I of making money yeah. if you didn't realize mario fucking four times its budget back over its opening fucking five days it made well, it, it, was a, it was a full house it was a full house when i went and saw it i don't know about you it was it's the highest grossing five-day opening ever could be yeah i, I don't doubt no, that's, that that's whatsoever it's the big. It broke the record for biggest uh, opening weekend for animated film. It's the biggest opening animated weekend, or not animated. The biggest opening for a video game movie and the biggest five day opening ever. Full stop. Uh, no, uh, I don't. I don't. I don't doubt it. I just think that's crazy, but fair. Um, I wanted to. I wanted to bring up two songs. One is uh, "Holding Out for a Hero." Like, so so it's it's weird to me because that's the thing I did want to like one of the things that was weird to me about the movie is that I think the best part of this movie is it's or it's its original soundtrack. I think the we a weird thing about this movie is its licensed soundtrack. Okay. Is that it is that it has a licensed soundtrack because Nintendo in general, isn't something that mixes with a licensed soundtrack. Like that's ever. illumination. Yeah. That's the thing. Correct. That's the but but Shigeru Miyamoto is an executive producer on this. Yeah. And this is a very Nintendo heavy approval movie where they did not have as much where where with fucking the nineties movie and it shows like other than a couple of things. But like it's a weird thing to have a hero. It's a weird thing to have the Beastie Boys. And there was like another song in there. Wait, was there Beastie Boys? Uh, when was there Beastie Boys? I forget. Isn't that during the 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 part where they're going through New York, like leaving the pizza place and going home? Isn't that the Beastie Boys that's playing? Is this Sabotage or whatever? Not Sabotage. It's like some, oh. I forgot what song it's playing. It's, but it's okay. it's basically that first side scrolling moment where they're leaving the pizza place and going home. I think that was- Oh, the when they were jumping and- Yes, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, it's, it's um, a licensed soundtrack moment. And it's just weird because it does shit and mess with the majority of like, you know, Nintendo-ishness. Yeah. If it's a weird way of putting it, but it's that's that's a weird thing. So having the hero, I need a hero moment. It's very on the nose, but it's also like, you know, so much you could do more as far as just using Mario music. But that's that's yeah. a that's that's a nitpicky. But I'm not also the only person who kind of has that complaint. My problem I... with holding out for a hero is it was already in Shazam two, and supposedly it's in the Tetris movie. And then it's also years ago in, or sorry, I said Shazam 2. It's also in Shrek 2 years ago. And then it's also supposedly in Tetris. So three movies this year use that same song for a bit, right? I, to be fair, it's an animated film. Like They definitely yeah. made this decision years ago without mm. any knowledge that this would happen. And also Tetris is like a biopic. So yeah. I feel like that's not fair to lump in. But well, Shazam 2? I mean, I, I, my objection to holding out the hero it really just goes to Shrek. Like it's such, mm. like it's a, it's a shticky like song to use in a movie like this, and they, yeah. and they know that. And I agree that like Mario has its own style of music, and it doesn't right. really fit real artists in everything. So right. I would have preferred not to see it in general. But I but don't if think we were going to go that, like, shticky, bringing it back to Rocky, we should have used the Eye of the Tiger, right? Am I right? Exactly. No. Well, yeah, I think you. that like <laughs> that equally would have been just as silly. Like it's like yeah, it would have been. It playing Eye of the Tiger that moment would have been hilarious. It playing fucking uh, Holding Out for Heroes also just like why are yeah. we doing this? You they so also oh go they ahead, also sorry. played Mr. Blue Sky, which was wow. in Guardians oh, that's at the, with Chris that's Pratt. At the, that's at the end of the movie, right? Is, yeah, is, I think is so. Mr. Blue Sky? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It closes on that, right? 
Yeah, it's like they've moved into Mushroom Kingdom now, and then it starts playing that. Yeah, yeah. They should have ended it with the Mario rap. That's what they should have done. It's the Mario Brothers, and well, technically they open with it. So that's like, true. Actually, never they technically it open they with it. it, which now the Mario rap is now officially on Spotify because it is on the soundtrack for this movie. So that's actually kind of cool to have that in an it's... official capacity. Shout out to Captain Lou Albano, famous professional wrestler who played Mario in the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Uh, I just realized, have we ever seen a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mario crossover? Not canonically, uh, no. Not I don't think so. Maybe I don't think Mario channel. really crosses over with other franchises very often though. nothing not nintendo if yeah. like if anything like like it was a big deal in ocarina of time that there's a window that you can see a poster of mario with the wing cap in like oh. for example yeah because i remember in like wreck it ralph there was a huge thing about like he's not in it weirdly or something like because mario like, is a poster. not yeah but, but bowser is in there. it bowser is in there that's actually in kind the of a villain thing the villain Correct. he's in the AA group. meeting yeah bowser's there m bison is there which is fantastic but like zangief Zang- oh my man zangief who is not a villain he is russian so we anticipate so we interpret him as villain even though he is not um but you know the, yeah bowser being in wreck it ralph is like the most that mario has ever crossed over into anything outside of a nintendo property yeah um what do we what do we hope is gonna happen? Well, what, you what had a second hopes? you you had a second song you wanted to discuss. And I think I oh, know mi- what the song is. Well, it was Mr. Blue Sky, it was Will Never a Hero. I, oh, I, okay. You, that's what you wanted to discuss, Mr. Blue Sky. Okay. I, what's the I other would one? have liked never mind. I thought we were gonna talk about peaches. <laughs> oh. I would have liked more stuff like Bowser, like it's his theme, right? That he plays on the piano when he's like with K-Pack or no, 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 no. Right. No, it's not. It's just the uh, world one, two. So it's the, the underground theme. But yeah. I like that that kind of thing. I would have liked to see more stuff like that, like incorporating that... the music into the film that way. I have yeah. nothing. I have no. Obviously, I have no issue with Peaches. Uh, it was a fun song, but I just I don't see a reason to use licensed music. I'm in the I'm in the minority about Peaches, uh, and it's not because I think Peaches is bad. It's because it feels like something. If we go back to the casting, that was not originally meant to be in the movie, and it went. We got Jack Black. We need to give Jack Black a Jack Black song. That's the only real issue I have with Peaches. I don't have issue with Peaches that it exists as whatever, and people like it. Whatever. I think it's one of those things. Like we have Jack Black. We need to give Jack Black a tenacious D moment. Why? But my brain is like, why? He's Bowser. He's not Jack Black. I. It, it, I'm fine with it. I think okay, because it's not it's not like pure Bowser. Like it's it is it's not the video game Bowser. They're leaning a lot more into Bowser wants to marry Peach, which is a canonical aspect of Bowser. Yes. And I liked that like you lean into that's inherently goofy because it's just like the scene in the film where he's like, We're going to lay siege to their town, we're gonna burn it, we're gonna do this, and then I'm gonna ask her to marry me. And everyone's like, What? Like that's a bonkers thing to expect to happen at the end. And I like that he's like love struck. I don't know how much we get to see Bowser be love struck, but I, I agree with you. It's definitely something I think they had Jack Black and they were like, this is a Jack Black thing that yeah. you do. I bet you, I this is based on nothing. I would not be surprised if Jack Black started singing the song in real life. And they were like, sure. And then put it in. Could have been. It could have been. <laughs> I But like I said, I say that. I say everything. But I I like it because I love when we get movies that will do sort of off-kilter things like this. Like, 
uh frozen 2 i was not an overly big fan of but i love that they had that weird like um i never saw it weezer song in the middle of it but it's like it's not weezer it's just like it's like weezer Weezer song in frozen weezer weezer covered it like for the end credit scene um but they have the song that the guy sings and they're like they have it it's like this they're like people in the air it's so strange and Mm -hmm. unnecessary and i love when we get especially kids movies that are not afraid to do this because if you think back at like old kids movies they would do weird shit all the time and i miss being able to have this so i'm always happy to see it i just like interesting question Oh, okay, go ahead. Adnan had something? No, Adnan. Oh, no, no. I was just like, I was just like, wait, there's Weezer and Frozen 2. So my brain was all like, what are we doing, Elsa? We're going to Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. And it's just some shit like that. Anyway, go uh, on. Uh, I was just going to say, how do you feel Sonic stacks up against this? Because Sonic went a different route. Sonic I like would not Sonic any something of the Sonics. You haven't seen either one. Okay. I, I'm going to be honest. I was waiting for the Mario movie. That's fine. I think both Sonics are 100% worth watching. I think the first yeah. one is stronger I've, than the second I've one. Heard I like things. the second one better than the first. I think I've the first one is stronger. Things. I have, well, first of all, one thing that I put me off of it is that it is another Sonic comes to New York kind of story. Yeah. And uh, so that put me off of it. And also I was like, I'm gonna watch a Mario movie before I'm gonna go watch a Sonic movie. And this was it's, not announced. So so, so Sonic, <laughs> like I thought was, cause I, I went into Sonic and I watched it on opening day because it was Valentine's Day of 2020. And I thought, what better way to see, like, what what better to do when you're single on Valentine's Day than take yourself to see Sonic the Hedgehog? It was um, one of the one of the last movies that we did on the Keeg before the pandemic started. So we did the review in person. And then the pandemic hit and we started doing Zoom stuff. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, Sonic was one of them, yeah. Side note, the last movie I saw before COVID like shut us down was uh, Onward. And it was weird because it was just me and my friend and like two other people in the theater. And we didn't know how to deal with COVID yet. And so they're just like at the thing, taking your tickets with gloves because they don't know what to do yet. And then everything shut down like the day after. But anyway, so Sonic, I thought (laughs) I thought was I thought Sonic was going to be trash. I went into that movie with the lowest of low expectations, and I thought this is going to be awful. And I came out of that surprised, and I've rewatched it once since, and I think it still holds up as a pretty fun and good, decent movie, especially with the idea that the interpretation is definitely not the same as the video game. But I think what they did actually worked pretty well, uh, actually. And then the second movie, I think... Kind of expands on it. I don't think it's as strong personally, like you know, as the first movie. But I didn't think it was necessarily super weak either. I liked both Sonic movies. I thought personally the best video game movie that came out was around was actually after that, uh, uh, which was uh, Detective Pikachu because I really oh, enjoyed yeah. Detective Pikachu. Yeah, Detective Pikachu was great. Uh, the mm. thing is, though, for me, Sonic Two over Sonic One, just for the fact that like Robotnik is in full Robotnik stride. Mm-hmm. He is. He's not no, he earning prefers. his way, earning his way into being Robotnik. He's not doing that. He's like full Robotnik in the second, and we get tails, and we get knuckles. Mm-hmm. This is this my... is part of the thing that turned me off of the movies in general. It's just that like the idea of like because you're putting it in the real world and stuff, you have to build into these concepts. That's why I liked in Detective Pikachu and in this. It's like we're in the world. Everything's already fantastical, and now we get to just explore what that's like and thrive in it. For sure. That might be the difference of like, say, Sega producing versus Nintendo producing, you know, that might just be a difference of ideals that we might get in that particular case, you know, so. It's funny that you brought that up, Nikhil, because 
when you look at early superhero content from the early 2000s, 2000 to 2010, it was apologetically superhero. They were like, hey, we're sorry we made a superhero movie. Let's make it the least superhero it can be. I, I wouldn't call it apologetically. I think it was this idea of like a superhero film is inherently one thing. We're yeah. going to subvert that by being like the big question in the 2000s was what if these people existed? And I think yeah. that's still something we see like Sonic is like, what was Sonic like in the real world? And like, this is, I like movies that we've moved on now with the comic books where we don't really ask what if the Guardians were real anymore right that was definitely the when we accept the costumes yeah i think it helps it helps that like people more of like gen x and millennial generations are a lot older now that that helps in the zeitgeist of what people accept in their media you know as far as who's spending their money because before you were spending your parents money to see something so it was your parents decision where now it's all of us who basically grew up and got jobs now are doing this kind of thing you know it's just i think it's the 20 years I think oh. it's just a pendulum because I think it's like in the like 80s, you had all of this high concept stuff, stuff that we now would consider campy coming out. And then it swings into this hyper realism in the 2000s. And then people get used to that and get a little fatigued from like every superhero is now like a war, like a soldier, like a literal armored up soldier. And right. so it's swinging back towards the fantastical. And I'm like... I look back at some of those early 2000s movies, not even just superhero stuff, and I think that they're they're not campy, but it's the same kind of energy of like they're overly edgy. They're not like there's a there's a camp factor in there still. Yeah. And I think 20 years from now, people are gonna look at the movies that are coming out right now and feel the same way. I think it's just that disconnect that'll always exist in the tone of like what things are. Mm. I mean, I look at small like I credit Smallville and Heroes to being the foundational. Like, I get it. Spider-Man came out before that. But, like, Smallville and Heroes, I think, built a TV superhero foundation to lead us into characters with powers. But they were apologetic. Well, Smallville especially was apologetically Superman. Like, they were like, we don't want that. We don't want the stuff. We don't want all that stuff. Let's, like, you know, do it X, Y, and Z. Christopher Nolan's Batman was apologetically Batman. He was just like, I guess... Well, you know, what's interesting is that like recently ish, like within the last like decade, I finally watched the Justice League cartoon, like all like like I'd never actually watched it growing up and oh. realized. And yeah, I know I didn't. I, I just watched Batman and, and Pokemon and Digimon and stuff, but I never yeah, actually yeah. watched like the Justice League. And I've watched that like in beginning to end. And now also having been a comic reader since then and, wonder, and like realized like how good of like the storytelling and how good like each character is defined and how that did such a good job at making each member of the justice league feel important no one really feels like they are more important than another they made superman and batman feel just as important as hot girl and green lantern for example you know what i mean like everyone felt like a team in that and i think like it's that idea that we have those stories that were being told that not as many people were paying attention to and now these stories are being told in such a way where now everyone kind of under like knows more because it's still i think in the idea that a lot of us grew up with this medium, you know, understanding it and already having this preconceived notion of why characters like this exist and stuff like that, you know? And, yeah, um, I think it's 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 the pendulum, like Nikhil said, but it's also just the fact that, like, in pop culture, we accept superheroes now. Like, we just yeah. understand yeah. them better. Like, just like the multiverse as a concept wasn't in pop culture until very recently. Like, and now 
like people's parents are starting to understand. Like I've had to explain the multiverse to my mom. I'm like, you know, there's a different universe where you're like, you're a doctor. Like there yeah. is a path you didn't travel. That one, you're a doctor. This one, you're a firefighter. Like there's just paths, you know, that you didn't go down. But I still but, think there's like, there's a disconnect that's going to always exist and like give it enough time. Because I think it's a, a lot of it's also just oversaturation because people, we got weird with comic book movies. Finally, we got to the point where we we're like, we can do the big weird villains. We can do the big costumes. We can be a bit flamboyant with it. And you're seeing already a negative response cropping up to it of people being like, right. what happened to the good movies that we used to have? And so I would not be surprised if very soon we see a reverse and back towards trying to be realistic again. I mean, I hope that happens for, well, no, 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 no. Something's going to happen when X-Men comes out. And I... X-Men, goddamn, better be more fun this time. That's all I'm going to say. It needs to be more fun, but it should be still just as real. I... I you know what I mean? But like, put them in their costumes. Let them, like... X-Men's a bit like first of all, X-Men's my my thick here. But yeah. so I don't want to talk. Oh, and I I didn't mean but, real, real. I meant like actual socio-political topics. Yeah, no, that's I've had this conversation with my people before. I think when X-Men comes out for Marvel is the best opportunity for them to sort of try and combat superhero fatigue. Because the biggest complaint with Marvel films is that they're substanceless. And by definition, the X-Men have to have substance. So I think if you can introduce X-Men as like the, like, don't worry about the rest of you, but you can watch these like good movies we're releasing, this good series, then I think that- The Andor, essentially. Yeah, yeah, positioning them as like the prestige series for them. But you don't have to make them so goddamn sad all the time. Like X-Men comics are fun. They're a soap opera. People are like falling in love and shit. The weird things happen- Playing baseball. I would love, yeah, playing baseball, playing basketball. I would like to see that kind of stuff. I want to see their costumes, (laughs) finally. I want to see weirdness. Do you want to see the pool party? Because I would love to see a live action X-Men pool party. I'd be for for many reasons. For many reasons. This is the X-Men. I have so many thoughts on the X-Men. But the X-Men really, in my opinion, don't cannot really be put in the movies. I think that they are need to be a TV show or something, because unlike Captain America or Black Panther or something that have independent runs you can adapt, the X-Men is essentially one consecutive story from 1960s until 2000 when Grant Morrison rewrites it. But Like that's that's a big block of time. That's one thing that they're doing, and all of those arcs are overarching. Chris Claremont wrote the damn thing for twenty years, so it's yeah. like it's a lot more cohesive than more normal stories. So if you're gonna do it, I think it should be a TV show or a very well connected movie series, but not like a thousand independent. Th- like if there's like a Wolverine movie, a Nightcrawler movie, it's like that, and then they like tie it into the X Men. I don't think it'll work. But I don't think I don't think a lot of the X Men work as solo characters. I because I don't like solo characters as much as I love my teams. Same goes with DC Comics. Like I love my teams. At the end of the day, as long as they make the new X Men movies and they don't pick random characters out of the hat, I'm fine. That's literally how they made the old ones. They were just like, you know, who's probably in this right now? This guy. Throw him uh, in. This I mean, this is a conversation for another time. But I would love. We've to- had we've had good comic movies. We're getting good <laughs> video game movies. When are we getting our good saying- anime adaptations? God damn it! You didn't like Death Note weird <laughs> what what other anime movies are, are coming out that are that are getting i don't think they're really i don't think there are i don't think they're really that many honestly there's, because we haven't figured that out yet and we're not been, trying there's been two death notes though i'm pretty sure i'm there okay I so i want i want a good live it's only a matter of time until you get a good live action dbz right right 
I don't know. That's a story that's very, I think, difficult to tell in live action in a proper way. You know, I, I mean, they can make it better is what I don't okay. think DBZ is that great. I think DBZ is cool, but I think it could be made better with be- like different writing. OK, so yeah. apparently there's a Death Note, a Death Note 2, a L spinoff and a Death Note 3 coming Good out. Lord. No, all out. <laughs> all Jesus right Live action. <laughs> yeah, there's a 2006 Death Note. Death Note 2, the last name, is also credited 2006, so I don't know what's up with that. But L, <laughs> Change of the World, is 2008. And then Death Note, Light Up the World, is 2016. Wait, what was the mm. one that Netflix did? I I don't know. <laughs> I can't tell you. It's, okay. there's, there's that was that the thing. 2016 one, right? Uh, that sounds like the right year. I knew it was recent-ish. Good lord, okay. that's getting close to 10 years ago now. God damn, I'm so old. I'm gonna die soon. Um... I'm glad so, I got to see this movie before no, Death I died. Note, Death Note, the American one, is from 2017. Oh, there was the the Japanese ones. Okay. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. Japanese movies. Okay. Um, so I don't know. Did we answer what do you guys want to see going forward? Oh no, not this? at all. So um, we, we, we we went on this big tangent. Yeah, there's still yeah, so a lot of like we're in touch for on. Mario you said the word for X-Men, the franchise. And I blacked out for 30 minutes. <laughs> 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 anyway, sorry about that. What I want to see, what I really think is coming next. Um, like what I think Super Mario 2 will be is Mario Galaxy. And I'm very excited for that. Because hey, oh. I think with between Peach's line about there's lots of galaxies out there and including the little star fucker, I think we're going there next. The star fucker? The Luma. You said Mario Galaxy was like one of the big first ones you I played. played. You it can't when remember I was like anything. Eight years old, okay? I loved it. I if you have the Luma though, if you have the Luma. You're gonna have to introduce uh, Rosalina, and I think it's well, too I early. That, I think that that's why, though. I think they I will want to introduce Rosalina. I don't know. It depends because there's so many routes you can go here. There's a lot that can be touched on, and there's so many directions that that in theory we can go. I think we need. Well, it's because like you know when, when it comes to this movie, because I still think there's a lot we haven't touched on this movie because there's a lot we we can flesh out a lot more that we didn't get because I think something that really works with the movie that we got was we got a relationship between Mario and Luigi that was believable because it made sense that Mario wants to save Luigi. And that's something that I felt felt real in this movie. I didn't feel the relationship between Cranky Kong and Donkey Kong as well, because like they have this bit where there's like, my dad doesn't like me. Well, I barely got a chance to really explore that honestly. And I don't where like the moment with he's supposed to have with Mario in the cave. I feel like, you know, Mario's moment with his dad was more, even though it's only one moment, it's something that's resonated a little bit harder than Donkey Kong trying to be like, my dad doesn't like me because I had this one moment where I'm flexing and he doesn't look at me. That doesn't really like hit as as well, which, which I think is one of the weaker aspects of the movie. So there's a lot of stuff that I feel like we can just flesh out more in a sequel because Luigi does not get the time that he really needs in a movie that was called the Super Mario Brothers because he is yeah. he is the because he is the damsel in this yeah, as opposed they to replaced, using Peach. They, I think it was a smart decision to say make Peach the secondary protagonist and make Luigi the damsel. Yeah, uh, but it definitely it makes the title seem a little sillier. <laughs> it does, and I was glad that very least though Luigi got to be a big part of the finale, and I was that's what I was hoping for when the worlds merge and 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 Luigi shows up to help you know with the with the with fucking the manhole cover the or whatever. Like, yeah, 
yeah, like yeah, yeah. being invincible together. I, I thought all that worked really well. That but, worked because and I'm because we needed the Super Mario Brothers to do something together, and I thought that worked. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's funny though because we were talking about like the ending, and and actually when we talk about the original '90s film. This movie has the same story beats as the new movie. They have the same broad strokes. They have this the fish out of water scenario of these two goods end up in a world completely like, okay. start off in Brooklyn. Plumber anyone's gonna get that. Plumbers from Brooklyn, fish out of water scenario in a new area. Uh, separate like, well, in this particular case, Luigi being the damsel, but also like the world being combined together. It hits a lot of the same broad strokes that that original 90s movie hit. And I don't know if any a lot of people have realized that in actuality, from a skeleton perspective, these movies aren't that different. No, the biggest issue with the but, the biggest okay. issue with the 90s movie is that their version of the Mushroom Kingdom is insane. And a dystopic noir because it was blade it was supposed to be like blade Blade runner Runner. that's why yeah but um that's the prop like that's where it falls apart is when you look at what world they went to but other than that yeah they the broad strokes are the same because they're they're Mm -hmm. the plot of mario they go to a right. new place and then there's someone gets kidnapped and they get the person. That's like, any, that's, yeah. But that's not the yeah. plot of Mario. That's the plot of any like B-list sci- or B-movie sci-fi is human war, like human person sent to like a like a warrior planet and has to like fight to save a princess yeah. from a warlord. That's like Flash Gordon. That is uh, John Carter of Mars. Like that's everything, right? It's also the plot of a platformer game from forever ago. Yeah. <laughs> it not have a ton of plot. Like, yeah, I they're... think it's fair to adapt the original. Like Mario Galaxy would have a much higher concept con- thing going on, right? Even Mario like Sunshine would have a more high concept thing. Going oh, on. him going on but vacation would be pretty I, fun. Yeah, I think it's fair to adapt the story that everyone knows Mario does in the first film. Well, there, there's a lot that's like barely touched on in this film that I didn't even realize because they have that moment where Bowser's partying, right? And like, you know, there's the thing and it's playing the dope ass music from Bowser's Fury from the Switch. And it's like, if, if you guys know what that sounded like, that metal song, that's from Bowser's mm-hmm. Fury on the Switch. But he's like, you know, it's that movie that Pum is in the trailer, Koopas, Goombas, whatever those things. Like, how do you not know what the Spinies are? They're your homies. But in actuality, I realized I loved that, that joke because I hate those guys so much. <laughs> I like seeing them sad. Here's the thing I realized is that the Goombas actually don't do a damn thing in this movie. That's the only moment that they show up. And there's yeah. so well, much more we could have done with like tr- with like with like troops of Goombas. We could have had booze well, in here. We only see King Boo in the wedding. Which this is, is what know, I we, was you know. saying earlier about like, um, well, I forget what I was saying earlier, but. Oh yeah, but the toad decapitated head thing. Because like, there's some things you can do in a game, and it's fine. And then there's other things where you put them in live action. And you're supposed to think of these characters as real people with like emotions. That it gets wrecked. And one like of the, the squashing. Things, yeah, is the Koopas because you can get away the Koopas because if you hit a Koopa, it'll turn to a shell, and that's a different reference. So they can do that during Mario Kart. And then you can outright kill one like Bowser does, and it turns into a Dry Bones, which is a different character, which is desensitized. Mm-hmm. If you put a Goomba up to Mario, Mario has to kill it. Like Mario has to jump on it and murder. You can make it cartoony. You can make yeah. them squash and be like, you, "Ow!" And you like, could in you actuality, could. they do get squashed and they do kind of like have still little eyes and stuff yeah. like that. Then they disappear. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, it's so much more visceral to put in a movie, especially aimed at like children. Like when you can turn the Koopa into just a Koopa skeleton, I think it's gonna scare kids. 
but it's not as that bad was kind of scary. It's, it's so it's so weird because technically it's a PG rated movie. It's not a G rated movie. So there's a little bit more leeway you can get with a, a PG rated movie. At the same time, right? I remember when Deadpool was coming out and they posted all these fucking signs up that said this is an R rated movie, just so everyone knows. And I went to Deadpool and there were so many fucking kids in this movie. And I, I think Valentine's Day movie. That was a Valentine's oh, was? Day movie. Yeah, well, uh, you know what? You might be right. I think I did see that on Valentine's Day also. I saw it on but Valentine's I'm, Day too. Yeah. And I'm still just thinking, I'm all like, I understand what you're trying to say about scaring the kids. At the same time, we're taking kids to way more fucking extreme movies than we ever did, apparently. Those kids say, I was one of the I, I know the they kid. shouldn't, but they were there. I, That's what my point I is. I was like 15 when Deadpool came out, and I was there opening night. <laughs> See, and yeah, in theory, you could. God, you were 15 when Deadpool came out. Um, in theory, in theory, in theory you should not have been. Well, uh, you should not have been able to get in. Did you no. just get in by yourself, or did no, you? No, I have... went with my father, which made the montage scene just okay. great for me. Okay, great. There you go. So at the very least, that th- it wasn't like they just let you the fuck in. But still, that's just proof of concept of how little like anyone no, cares I, yeah, about I, some I, things. I, you but know? I mean, like like little kids with the dry bones. Like the Luigi's right. Mansion scene part of this movie, I think is that was kind of scary. But like. I w- I think not nearly as much as like Mario jump on that thing and flatten it and then keep running to jump on it. If you did it like once, it'd be fine. You introduce an army, you have to explain how he gets through the army. Well, like, what if what if they, he doesn't flatten them? He just bounces on their head and knocks them out. You know, like it's that a, would be fine. That would be. Can you imagine a big. sea of goombas? Like, and then he goes, it's why, one of those things that they can get. They'll get. That'll get oh, you one on. thing. It'll get you the Goombas. With using the Koopas so much, you get the Koopas, you get the flying yeah. Koopas, you get the shells, and you get the dry bones. So you can yeah. incorporate all these things into your little 90-minute movie. So they, had, they had the Hammer Brothers in there during the big final battle like for a little bit. Like You can see the yeah. big fat Hammer Brother for a little bit. He was yeah. huge, though, like, huh? He was, a, he was one of the fat Hammer Brothers. I forgot what they call them, but yeah. yeah. Uh, there's um, like so many different things that we could touch on here so- as far as that. If I'm gonna pitch, if I'm gonna pitch a Super Mario Brothers two movie, okay. If I'm gonna pitch one, it would be Bowser's children coming to break him out of his cell. That's good. I like that. And it's Mario with Yoshi trying to like up his game, right? Oh, that's put that catchphrase on the poster. Up your game, <laughs> Super Mario Brothers two. Up your game. I will say, given the yeah. postcard scene, I could also understand if mario 2 is just yoshi's if they call it yoshi's island and it's about like they do like another fantasy adventure thing but it's like exploring and then maybe like rip off jurassic park a little bit and they go to this island and there's just yoshi's and then that's like mm. the joke and then something else could be running the Can't yoshi wait for world them to find the big that's like yoshi one shit. scene though like i feel no, like, like, like that's I a one like, scene joke i it, yeah well the joke would be for the one scene where they get to the island but you'd but have to have some bigger bad guy right? in the island there's so many there's so many different worlds to explore explore outside of the montage we got because they won't through the desert they go through the ice a little bit but you never actually get to explore it so that's a lot of like what you might have also felt like i did about like being left wanting more because i was definitely left wanting more with there's so many rich environments that that mario has that we don't get to see enough of we get to see some of like donkey kong spot and it was cool what we got to see it's not all of it though but there's so many rich places to go to and i feel like let's just say we did something where like yeah say you you had the kids break them out but what if you did like a mario 64 thing where mario has to jump into these paintings and explore a variety of different worlds type of thing through that aspect of it you know I mean, that's, that's another follow, way follow the story though, right? Like yeah. the story has set up that Yoshi's coming back, Bowser is in prison in a way, and right? 
and small. Yeah. And small. I just, right? My thing with if you're following the story is it's going to be hard to suddenly be like he has 10 kids. Like, yeah, he, well, he kids. technically, technically, he only has one child, Wait, which the is aren't his kids. No, they are adopted children. That is another thing that makes Bowser a great father is that he adopted all anti- these fucking. This is you did not know this. this did you not know rhetoric that are, those are what his children? Mean? If they're no, adopted, no, no. they're his children. I stand by they're, that. Pro-adoption. No, they are his children. They are his children, but they <laughs> are just, his adopted children. Listen, that's what made Bowser. Somebody else has given birth to the Koopalings. So it like, is literally well, theoretically, canonically, Bowser is one of many Bowser people. Yeah, right? Canonically, like, yeah, he adopted all of those kids. The only natural child he has who is we it, don't know the mother like, is, is He's King Bowser. Koopa. I think that's just like a kind of Koopa that exists. It's kind of Koopa. Bowser Koopa, right? But I don't know. I Okay, that's wild too. But yeah, uh, okay. What if, what if there's just a pile of eggs out there? Just a pile of eggs that haven't hatched yet, okay? And, and they suddenly start hatching and all the Koopalings pop out. They're all the different ones, Morton and whatever. And then just like a picture of Bowser, like a ripped picture off a poster. Kind of goes oh, out that's and they're dad. Like, that's gotta be like, dad. Mommy? That's gotta be him. Mommy? <laughs> right? Like the imprinting on the picture, right? <laughs> and then they go to try to find their mommy, who is Bowser. I honestly, I don't even personally really care that much about the Koopalings. I would prefer they keep it much smaller. And if you're introduced, anyone introduce Bowser Jr. Okay. It could be that, or the, I've heard the, like, you know, throwing out, like somebody was saying to me, like, what if they did Wario and Waluigi as the I, next Wario and Waluigi, I would love, I don't think they Is it too early? Though. I think Wario. I don't think the- it's too early. It's because, because it's not too early because it's not like there's not other places we can go here. You I know what I mean? You'd see Wario and Waluigi not as antagonists. I think they would be comedic side characters. Like Vulcan Skull from like yeah, the Power basically. Rangers, or like uh, Rocksteady in whatever from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like I think that's Bebop and Rocksteady. Thank Bebop you and Rocksteady. I would, I would love for like a third movie for Bowser to finally be reinstated as King Koopa, right? Because he gets broken out by his kids, and him trying to come up with like a champion. It's like it's a shadow thing. It's Shadow and Sonic essentially, but like he creates Wario. Why wouldn't like through magic I, and and I would whatever. much rather you like if we're gonna do that, you have Bowser or somebody. There's gotta be another villain in this world. Get the the crocodile from Donkey Kong. <laughs> uh, uh, King King K. Rule. Technically, yeah. technically the other villain would be Wart, who was the villain from Super Mario Brothers 2. Um what about the female? Well? Isn't there a female uh Birdo is what you're thinking, right? Well, no, not Birdo, oh. but there's a female Bowser kind of creature, right? No, that's that is a that is fan art. We could no, no. Uh, it's it's Paper Mario or Mario RPG. Whoever the villain is on one of those. None of them had a female Bowser. They Mario RPG. The Mario RPGs are rich with a lot of different kinds of villains because Bowser tends to be the central. Like, it actually tends to be a party member in a lot of those. So you could uh-huh. do something like Smithy, which is a giant sword that comes down from the sky and goes through Peach's castle from the original Mario RPG. Mario. You could do something like Count Black from Super Paper Mario, who that is like the deepest story in a Mario property ever is like Super Paper Mario. Well, um, my my overall point here was I think you have him <laughs> go to Earth and you get a guy and you're like you have to be Mario now 
and then the guy just sucks. Like, I think that's the only way you have to get Wario because it's not like Wario's not. Make it a, a Green Lantern story. Now you are Mario. Here, well, yeah, take the it's hat. just like someone's just like, you need to be Mario because we need like some, like, I don't know, kill Mario. Like, we have an imposter Mario for some reason, right? And then, like, you need to be Mario, but then the guy just sucks at it. And, like, well, he's I just, guess uh, he's just a dirtbag, and that's Wario. And then well, you turn him into Wario. We do have imposter Mario. That's technically Bowser Jr. because of the paintbrush thing. Well, in the that's mask, what I was going to say with Bowser Jr. earlier. It's like if you introduce Bowser Jr., you can introduce the paintbrush, and then you get really weirdly metaphysical with the world. We can do that, or like you know, the other thing with Bowser breaking out is the idea of him becoming Fury Bowser from Bowser's Fury, the giant kaiju yeah, Bowser yeah, yeah. that exists, you know, which is insanity and the I honestly. Thing. I, it would never happen in this movie, but I would have loved if they had just killed Bowser the same way he killed that Koopa, and then we got Dry Bones Bowser, and just like all round. I'm, you know, you actually bring up an interesting point. I think that'll <laughs> happen later on is because we talked about the, some of the mushrooms. We didn't get a one up, so we didn't explore the idea of Mario dying and coming back to life yet. Oh, that's a really good point. We did not. Get it's the it's that we we had blue, we had the tiny mushroom, we had the regular mushroom, but I was all like, oh, we're gonna get a one because I thought at some point during this movie Mario was going to eat one of those and goes, I didn't, that didn't do anything. I feel no difference, and he was going to die and come that back to life been, at some point. Okay, talk about wanting more from this movie. Is it bad that I wanted some heartfelt like thing like that? That would have been cool. You're not wrong I, because they're the, the only, like I was saying, the only emotional weight is the relationship between Mario and Luigi. And that works, but there still needs to be, I'd I still think, like more. Well, I think the main pathos of the middle is supposed to be him and Donkey Kong, and it just falls flat. So that's yes. why it feels like there's nothing there. But they do dedicate time to exploring like both of those characters' emotions. It's just not in a way that is interesting, really, at all. Like I think that's one of the bigger failings of the film. Because that's, I think, supposed to emotionally care. Like that, the big scene of like, oh, look, there's the emotional like triumph is him and Donkey Kong coming together during the water level. It's just mm-hmm. not, it doesn't feel like that because it's not. It it's work. just kind of there, like you yeah. said, like, you know, because it does fall flat because it's not explored enough. Um, but I think, you know, that's, that's, you know, part of the fact that we did have a 90 minute runtime, which I appreciated. I thought this movie, I, I the movie, the movie breezes through, honestly. And that's what makes it a very fun watch is that this movie is just like, it's like you're in and you're out and you're like, oh man, I didn't even realize that much time had passed type of thing, which is nice, you know, yeah, going yeah. through it. It's so fast and so quick-witted, and that's really the highlight. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about Cackletta. Cackletta. Oh, the little, the thing that st- he steals Princess Peach's voice. That's the plot of uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not a Koopa. It's like some no, weird other no, thing. No, I yeah. forgot what she looked like. She looks like a yeah. bat witch thing. Oh. Yeah, yeah, right. No, the Mario RPGs in general all have very deep stories to them. They're the deepest oh. as far as Mario is concerned. And then there's a fusion, Bowletta. Bowletta. Oh. Bowletta is a fusion of Cacletta and Bowser. Isn't Bowletta terrifying looking? Because it's Bowser with boobies. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. That's another aspect, right? As far as like, you know, spinoff stuff. It's like you could, as far as what we might do in the future is like, if anybody ends up looking like we, oh, there, there goes my pop filter. Um, if any, if we end up getting to um, like a paper Mario art style at some point where they just end up like, oh, wh- why are we paper all of a sudden? Like there's so many things that we can explore with, with, with the sequel. It's the possibilities yeah. are, are, are not endless, but they're abundant basically. <laughs> Depending on whether Luigi gets more screen time in the next Mario, I would like Luigi to have a spinoff where he meets Daisy. I would love a rom-com 
I want a, because this one was not a rom-com. Peach and Mario didn't really do the whole thing. But like, if Luigi and Daisy had sort of a rom-com adventure, I would love it. I would eat it up. It'd be the best. I would, I would be, I would be there for it. Say, I'd say there's a big thing of like, like when the scene of like, like uh, Princess Peach running the obstacle course was came out before the movie came out is like, you know, it's like, you know, Peach is ready. The most qu- quote tweeted thing, which I agree with, is that like, this isn't Peach. This is Daisy. Because character wise, Peach in this movie acts more like how Daisy does in most Mario media. Because Daisy, Daisy is the more, more active. active. Correct. Like, Daisy is absolutely just, the more active character. Peach just has nothing to do, though. Like they had to give Peach a character. Yeah. Being able to float on your dress is not a good enough character beat to last a whole film. Like I, I understand I, that change. No, I, I don't think that. Like, you know, I understand why they made Luigi the damsel. I don't have a problem with Peach being the damsel if you make Peach an active participant in her own rescue, because that is also something that has been done in Mario RPG, for example, uh, where she is an active participant in actually figuring out how do I get out of here, as opposed to just having her locked away. You know, because they do because Luigi being the damsel, he is not active in his own rescue, no, where you can absolutely. Absolutely, you you could you could absolutely have done Princess Peach as the damsel if you made her an active participant in her own rescue and figuring out how do I also participate in this as opposed to just being locked away hoping for somebody. It's right. being locked away and figuring out how do I end up also getting out of here so nothing go awry. That's what I think personally they should have done. But I also I don't necessarily disagree with the idea that that and I understand why Luigi is the damsel, but I don't think making Peach the damsel would have hurt this if you had written Peach to be an active in her own rescue type of um but then but as far as the comparison to Daisy that that still gets into like because Daisy's whole shtick is that she's Peach but more of a character and does <laughs> well, right. well so when you take gonna... Peach at elevator, like that's just what you're gonna get. Why don't you get fine with that? If you make Peach a smarter character, but less fighty, less fighty, Daisy could be the fighter. Peach is the more smart one. Then they're both giving different things to the whole process. Hundred percent. That's 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 a way to write it. And then and Rosalina, if we introduce her, she's the most interesting out of the three because she is basically a celestial being. She plays an active role in. She is. She is. (laughs) She plays an active role in the entire universe, which will make her just interesting by default. Mario Galaxy as a movie is just would be so galaxy braid. Pardon the. I want to see the physics. I want to. You know what I mean? Like that whole like gravity. what I was saying long ago, like how because of interesting Rosalina, I think because like at the end of the day, this movie is going to be about marketing things, and it's going to be whenever you see a promotional picture like Mario, like extended cast, Rosalina's on it usually, and I think that they're going to want like she's not in the film. I think they're going to want a way to get to her that's faster than yeah, waiting several could be. films. She's the yeah. most popular, like Peach is the most recognizable princess. But like in terms of princesses people like are attached to or like, I have to feel like that's Rosalina. And that's because she's the most person. Yeah. And that's why I was I was really surprised too, is why do we didn't have much Yoshi in this, but we're getting it probably yeah. we're getting in the sequel because I think Yoshi is arguably the most popular like non like not Mario or Luigi character. Yeah, basically. I one hundred percent agree. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing though. It all comes down to whether they're just planning on doing a Marvel or not Marvel Mario series, or if they're planning spinoffs and, and, or 
other Nintendo properties. I getting believe their own a Legend of Zelda movie has already been announced. Okay, I, I haven't heard that, but I also wouldn't be surprised because well, it's because the reason I haven't heard that, it, it, like, it could be true, is that like everything hinged on the success of this movie. Nintendo was out of the movie business after after um after the original 93 movie, you know, because of how badly that did. And I think okay. Detective Pikachu helped open a lot of that up. And this is the big, big test to going, okay, yeah. let's do a lot more. No, you you're know? right. Uh, it's not been greenlit yet, but the converse it's been, I think now the conversations are yeah. absolutely happening. Yeah. There's yeah. no way there's not a lot of conversations happening about maybe doing a Luigi's Mansion spinoff, maybe doing a Donkey Kong country thing. Wario's Wario's gold mine, the movie. <laughs> let's do Metroid. Let's do basically this well, fucking space if- bounty hunter. Who's if this, they you know, were, what, they what is the most marketable? What it what one Nintendo property other than what we've seen so far is the most marketable property to go forward? After I already have my Zelda. That's after really this difficult. After this is Zelda, I think. Okay, after Zelda. Uh I don't know if it's I, Zelda. I have my pick. Kirby. I was thinking Kirby only because it's another one of those family-ish things that can be done, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to determine of what you do I just, as far I, as the I, Star yeah, Fox. Like the, mov- the movie itself. Star Fox is harder. cool. Star, I Fox. Think a, Star Fox has a cool plot, but my thing is like, if you're building this with the idea of like, basically it's synergy or whatever, like, and what is the most popular? Nine out of ten kids, I think, can look at Kirby and tell you they're looking at Kirby. I do not know if they can do that with Star Fox characters. No, the reason why, and it's it's not like I want to disagree with you here, Dimitri. It's because Nintendo hasn't given a fuck about Star Fox in a decade at this point. But so you like, could, that we're gonna Star get Fox that. Like, could retool. You could retool. Star you could Fox to be animals in space. That's that's huge selling. Point. They they need to they need to essentially get a more meaningful Star Fox game out in the meantime that sells the numbers that Nintendo wants it to sell because that's why we say, haven't had. I would agree with you, but I'm going to say go the opposite. Don't even have a Star Fox game. You don't need that. Create a movie that everybody will want to see, and it has to be good. And then create a new franchise mm-hmm. off of it like a new series of video games. You could retool everything about Starbucks if you really want to. So we've just left. So we've left the concept of adapting Nintendo games entirely. They're just going to be making new movies and then making games based on that. No, no, no. I don't for think Star so, Fox specifically. Nintendo... For like Star, Star Fox is like the guardians of the galaxy, right? Where Absolutely. it's like where the movies aren't the comics, but then they change the comics to be more like the current movies. I can get... see it. I would think the biggest chance is if they sit down and they think we can make a bunch of random film, not random, but we can make Mario, we can make Zelda, we can make Kirby, yeah. we can make Star Fox, and then they build into like a smash. Like if yeah. they take phase one Marvel strategy, which would have been really popular 10 years ago. I don't know how well it'll go over these days. Like yeah. Dark Universe and everything fell. So I don't know how much people are going to love it. But if they go that route, I would see a Star Fox because Star Fox is a really big part of Smash. And I think that. That's something that you would need you get to get multiple characters. Yeah. yeah. Also, I, I, Star well, Fox could team up with Samus too. Like yeah, Star Fox I mean, and Samus of, crossover. Metroid would be the next one I would kind of expect Metroid because is, I think the fact that it's a woman-led thing would be another thing that they would like. That's that's a big thing, and that's a good thing for marketing. Metroid is very interesting, though, because it's it's about another another thing I was going to poise a question to you all about Zelda, but it's the thing is that Metroid is very the thing about Metroid is its atmosphere and its atmosphere because Samus is alone. And that's the thing that kind of makes it harder to, to work with in a film adaptation is you mm-hmm. need to build is that 
do you put a bunch of characters that don't really exist to kind of flesh out Samus? Because the whole point of Metroid is you are in this environment and you are by yourself fighting off these things. You know what I mean? As opposed to something that with a lot of characters, just like it. the thing I wanted to pose with the Zelda movie to y'all, if you're thinking Zelda is, so, is, is, is a good property, not saying it's not, it's a fantastic property. The question I want to pose to you about the Zelda movie, if we get that is, does Link speak? Yes. That is Link does speak. Link no, but Link speaks in the games. Like it's just not voice What do you acted. mean he speaks in the games? It's hold just on, hold not on. Voice acting. No, no, no. Like, speaking and making noise are two different things. No, but like there's like text. That's like what he's supposedly saying. He's not going Wait. around all he's not going around all these towns just breaking shit with no communication. Like, because it well, it's it's the idea. It's it's such a weird. Okay, did you watch any of the cutscenes for for fucking Breath of the Wild and Tears of the and 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 and, and uh, Hyrule Warriors? He doesn't speak no. in any of those. He is a silent character, even in those moments. And those cutscenes are weird because some characters like Zelda respond to Link like he said some shit when he didn't say goddamn. That's what thing. I'm. That's what I'm saying. It's a weird artistic choice of the game, but like, there's no way he's actually not talking throughout it's, it's, the actions of these games. In the reality the of the world, there is. Here's the thing, talking. though. Here's the thing, though. We're talking about a franchise that has been built on on, on Link not speaking, and the times that he sp spoke were the CDI games what, and what the, about cartoon. the cartoon. The uh, cartoon. Excuse me, princess. Right. Was... Depending on who you ask. Depending on who you ask. No, it is. It is. Depending on who you ask, it's iconic and amazing, or iconic and fucking awful. Depending on who you ask. It's the idea that like 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 video game it, it, fandoms in general, right? I say this also as somebody in the pro wrestling background, which is a vicious and toxic fandom, is that like <laughs> Link speaking is going to be coming with vitriol, even if it's good. I don't Do you care. know what I'm saying? I, 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 all can, I'm saying, I all think I'm you saying can make is him that, a more stoic character that speaks less. less. Like, I don't think he needs to be a chatterbox like he's in the cartoon, like mouthing off all the time. I think you can make him stoic and just give him a good supporting cast. And it's, it would, it, it would depend on the supporting cast, also, but I also think about you could like, have it focus more on Zelda, which I think if you're making a film called Legend of Zelda, going after people who are not fans of the games, mm -hmm. you need to address the Zelda part more. And that gets I, to what you were saying about Peach, because Zelda is an active participant with the whole Sheik thing. She is. No, she 100% so is. I think yeah. that that's something you could really build up a lot more. And that, and that it would be a more multifaceted sort of film. And like, this is a pretty linear, like you have the Luigi side plot. But it's basically a pretty linear Mario story. This would be like yeah. telling dual uh, Link and Zelda stories at the same time. Yeah. I mean, technically, Legend of Zelda is more rich with story compared to Mario. Mario yeah, is not, as, as far absolutely. as the mainline Mario games, there's not a lot of story. And it's designed that way. In fact, Nintendo has actively tried to get story out of Mario in a lot of cases. That's why as the Mario RPGs go along, they are given less creative freedom on some of the story bits and some of the characters that they are Interestingly, just did us the same um, thing with Mickey Mouse. It's only very recently that they decided to give Mickey personality again. I think it's they just because it away. it's because it's this main kind of avatar. Well, like it's the philosophy that like the games speak on their own because of their gameplay, which is why Nintendo games are always so fucking fun in general. It's generally speaking, they work on the gameplay before they work on story, which I think is an important thing that a lot of gaming actually kind of forgets about, which is why it's like gameplay when you matters, go back, I think. 
Well, it's that, the you know, it's that when, yeah, it's that when you go back to certain things that maybe had a good story and the gameplay isn't as good, it's harder to get through. Like, because yeah. at the time, you know, but uh, that's, that's one, a totally different argument altogether about, you know, something. One like quick that. thing as we, as we close up this episode is that I think there are certain Nintendo characters that don't need a solo movie before a Smash movie. I don't think Samus needs to have a solo movie before a Smash movie. I think Samus could show up in Smash as that type of character. You know? I think mm-hmm. that's also very fair. Oh, well, then the thing with the Smash movies. Maybe like, Kirby. If they do maybe it, Kirby doesn't even have loosest. to. Give Kirby a movie. No. But, I do. Um, I do. I want I Kirby think, to have a movie. Kirby, think, Kirby, think, Kirby is actually way more rich with lore than people realize. Yeah. No, absolutely. I played that Kirby game. I like that. Yeah. Shit. I remember. But, um, but anyway, no, I think the thing with Smash, it would be the loosest adaptation you could make because it's like, are we going to give Fire Emblem a movie? Like to no, understand that that no Fire Emblem's probably gonna, needs an anime adaptation more than anything. Yeah, I think I think a very interesting pick that I think it would actually be Pikmin, because the theory is that the the planet that Pikmin is set on is basically a post apocalyptic Earth, so that would I, be a very interesting story to tell. I think I, I don't think Wally all the, I don't think all these things need movies, but that's just no, they I don't agree. they I don't agree. and they're you not would, all gonna get you, movies. It's, it's just also, the idea. It's too big of a cast for a film. So like ice climbers. You Mr. would Game even start watch. out. You would literally start Yo, out with a watch. Smash, a Smash it. movie, and you would cut out half the roster because you would just be like we can't fit that in a film. Half so, the roster can get taken out in the first scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can introduce them in the back in some big fight, this, and they get wiped your, out. Your main characters, at most, you're gonna look at like six to ten people, and you can yeah. take yeah. like you we can don't take need the Smash Brothers movie to be eighty characters. We don't. Yeah, you can take like it's gonna be Mario, Luigi, Peach, probably Donkey Kong after this film. And like Pikachu. that's just from this thing. So then you get links out of like Pikachu. You yeah. absolutely could bring in from just a few films. Like you don't need to be making it's the N64 shit. lineup. However, really. I will say bake the Metroid movie, but merge it with Mega Man based on nothing else than when I played Smash as a kid. I thought they were from the same. You were thing. the same thing. <laughs> We got we gotta talk fair. to Capcom about that. Which, by That's the way, fair. speaking of speaking of green light video game adaptations, we are going to get uh, bringing it back to this. We are actually going to get a new, brand new live action Street Fighter movie. That's actually been greenlit. The Legend of Chun Li. No oh. God! Oh oh oh! Uh, hey, just wait for Marvel versus Capcom the movie. I wanted that so bad. That was what I stated. I stated that the only thing that's going to make me care about the MCU again is if at the end of this movie, Ryu is just walking by with his fucking bag as the wandering warrior. I'm like, oh my God, we're getting MVC. Let's do it, baby. That's the only time I give a shit again is hey, if we shoot. start getting Capcom I think characters. it's wild. Magorath was in the last one. It's, it's right there. They're setting <laughs> it up. Uh, I want to thank you guys so much for coming on the show and 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 talking uh, uh, with of all of us about Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Um, before we get going, I want to know where we can find you online. What do you got coming up? Uh, anything you want to plug? Adnan? Uh, so you can find me at the dashing Adnan on both Twitter and Instagram. That's T H E D A S H I N G A D N A N. Uh, I have an old kind of dead YouTube channel. If you want to subscribe to it called the one for you show O N E the number four letter you show where you can find my reels because outside of, uh, talking about the Mario movie, I am a professional wrestling, uh, ring announcer, commentator, referee manager. I've done, uh, basically anything except wrestle. Although I've been in a handful of battle Royals. In fact, uh, tomorrow night, which I don't know when this comes out. Uh, so tomorrow, 
April 11th, basically, in case if in case uh, you you this comes out at a time where you can still get tickets. Uh, Champ- uh, United Wrestling Network's Championship Wrestling presented by Car Shield. We have a TV taping coming up tomorrow night at the Irvine Improv at the Irvine Spectrum. So come on down. Main event will be Danny Limelight versus Filthy Tom Waller, who MMA fans know Filthy Tom Waller from the UFC. He is also a professional wrestler. Um, so that is our, our TV taping tomorrow going from the Irvine Improv, uh, improv.com for tickets. And that tends to be our home for TV taping. So go ahead and check us out there at improv.com for when the next TV taping will be. And also on April 27th, Santino Brothers Wrestling presents Fight Night 7 in Azusa, California. Check santinobrothers.net for tickets to that. I will be re-announcing both of those shows. Awesome. That's great. You're active, man. And when it comes to plugging, I am excellent at plugging my own shit. Oh, and I guess adnan.threadless.com if you want to pick up an Adnan t-shirt. I have three designs up there, so go ahead and pick up an Adnan Qureshi t-shirt, adnan.threadless.com. I didn't know you had t-shirts. That's great. Oh, yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. You should buy one, adnan.threadless.com. Anyway. I I will actually look it up. I am in the the mood of getting, you know, new t-shirts. Nikhil, where can we find you and all that good stuff? I'm on TikTok. At Nikhil Clayton, and that is it. Not the real Nikhil Clayton. No, You're TikTok actually Nikhil is Clayton. Nikhil Clayton. Instagram, if you would like to follow it, is real Nikhil Clayton. I'm not nearly as active. I also have a dead YouTube channel. That's at, I think Nikhil Clayton comedy for some reason. <laughs> um, and that one has not been posted on for about a year or something, but it does exist. You can follow me there. If you follow me on TikTok, you'll actually see me though. And on the link in that thing is where I have my t-shirts. So you can go click that. All right. All right. I'm going to check out both of you guys' t-shirts. Um, Thank you. Uh, for everyone out there, uh, normally you would watch our live streams at twitch.tv slash the Keeg Show and youtube.com slash the Keeg Show. But for this one, you're probably listening to the podcast where you get your podcast from. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Uh, our social media, Instagram and TikTok are at the Keeg Show. Uh, that's pretty much our two main ones, and it's the easiest way to keep uh, track of the Keeg stuff because we have multiple shows a week. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Twitter at the Keeg Show, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, we have multiple shows a week. This is the Keeg Talks, uh, which is normally every weekend, but this week it is weird. Uh, but we also have the Mandalorian after show after every single Mandalorian episode. We do a little after show. It's late, 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 late night, uh, but it is what it is. We have Comic Talk every Thursday where we talk about that given week's releases of comics that came out that week. Um, so we got a couple of different shows. Uh, Secret Invasion is something uh, coming out soon, so we're going to have an after show for that. When Ahsoka comes out, we're going to have an after show for that. But right now, we're finishing Mandalorian Season 3. There's also patreon.com slash the Keeg Show if you want to give back to the Keeg. It's pretty much our advertising budget. Other than that, wherever you guys are at, like, comment, subscribe, do all that sort of stuff. Let us know you're out there because sometimes we just don't know who's out there. Leave a review. Do what you need to do. Um, is Adnan saying five dollar footlongs? I'm saying five stars. You said reviews, so I'm like, oh yes, put, five a, put a five, put a five dollar footlong <laughs> in our review. <laughs> um, yes, exactly, five stars, five stars for our footlongs. Um, uh, thank you, uh, everybody out there. Thank you, uh, to Adnan and Nikhil once again. I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, and this has been the Keen Talks the Super Mario Brothers movie. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.